0: i built for this people die in the ring your daddy died in the ring can the kid fight as well as the old man this kid's being no way he's never faced nobody i want you to train me you do this you're going into a storm i got angels all around me yeah, yeah i got love all around me yeah, yeah. you pick them you pick who's next who knew i would take it to a heart creed ready pg-13 in theaters thanksgiving
1: And we are in the stretch run for our Rocky podcast summer mini series. And today we're going to talk about a movie that really is a kick in the pants to the franchise. A franchise in which we thought was done after Rocky Balboa. Stallone himself thought it was done and we get a nice charge of caffeine back into the rocky franchise with creed directed by Ryan Coogler also his idea he uh, he had just done uh, fruitvale station michael b jordan is in fruitvale station they're kind of tied at the hip there and there's this idea that you know what 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 would happen to the rocky series if we decided to spin it and feature uh, someone who we didn't even know existed in the universe, which is Adonis Creed, Apollo Creed's son who was born out of wedlock. And uh, d- it sort of in storyline doesn't exist until after Apollo dies. And, um, you know, what they what they did with this movie was amazing and really i was i'm just kind of thinking like you know we we were talking about this when it was coming out but you know what would do you remember your thoughts and like your hopes and your dreams about this story when you heard that they were going to do another rocky movie
2: yeah and like as you said we are getting into the the final stretch of this series now you know those last two films were really dealing with you know Rocky coming to terms with the fact that his days as a fighter are coming to an end, and you know, now in these next two movies, his boxing career is l- long in the past, and you know, um, really, I think what I what I felt about going into these two d- d- into the d- into this movie out. Uh, Was that like, you know, it was in good hands. And a a, a huge um, amount of that credit goes to what a good job they did on Rocky Balboa. Because, you know, I felt, as I said last time, I I was nervous going into that. You know, can this concept still hold up? You know, with how well they did for Rocky Balboa, and, you know, with kind of seeing how this film was coming about and taking shape, I felt like they were in it for the right reasons. And I thought that. The, the concept could d- 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 definitely work. Um, you know, there are only two characters from those in- initial films that, you know, are still in the running in this one. You have Rocky and then you have Marianne Creed, who, of course, is played by a n- new, new actor. Um, you know, we still have the same producers in. Erwin Winkler and Robert Chertoff, who've been there since the beginning, but you know we do have, as you said, a new new director, Ryan kugler bringing a n- new set of eyes to it, a new lead, and Michael B. Jordan, and you know his his love interest, uh, Bianca, is played by Tessa Thompson, another new character, and then you know we also have three th- three fighters coming in as well. Um, G- Gabriel Rosado plays um, an an unbeaten uh light heavyweight prospect that's training at mixed Gym, under he, he's training under his is is fa- 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 father, um, and he's seen as kind of one of the new stars of the division. Andre Ward, who at the time was the super middle super middleweight champion, uh, he he he's playing kind of the lead fighter out of Little Duke's gym, um, the son of Duke and. Then in the kind of the 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 antagonist role, you have Tony Bellew playing pretty Ricky Conlon, who's the light heavyweight champion of the world at the time, and he's also kind of said to be the 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 pound for pound pound number one. Um, we'll talk a lot more about them when we get into talking about the facts behind the scenes stuff because. It's really a lot to go into a Bellu. This film really actually played a pretty big part in the latter part of his career, but um yeah, you know, it. it like, t- I think you know we we'd seen in Rocky Balboa that the f- formula c- c- could work once once it was done right, and you know that they they picked up right where they left off in in, in terms of you know you know how they progress this film. um It's also the longest movie in the series, like. Uh, you know, those first two films, Rocky 1 and 2, were quite long. They were around the two-hour mark. But after that, they they kind of leaned them out. Like, you know, once they'd established the characters, they moved back to, like, somewhere between the 90, 90 minutes and one hour f- 45 for, you know, all those other movies. This one comes in at 2- 2.13. It is longer, but I think that actually works really well for it because they do have to establish all those new characters and the relationships between them. And, you know, for me... Ultimately, what was gonna come down to whether this w- this venture would work or not was how much they could get you to invest in those new characters and take that journey again with Adonis Creed.
1: So let's let's pick up the story here, and we'll we'll break down the characters uh, in, in the second segment. We'll, we'll we'll go a little bit deeper in in what you were talking about with all the characters. Um. So the story begins in 1998 in a youth detention center and young Adonis Creed gets into a fight and Marianne Creed comes to visit him and she's basically there to uh, bring him home with her. We're not sure how long she's known about him. We're not sure what, you know, if she sort of looked at him in the past, and it seems like she has at least kept up with what he was doing. But it sounds like his mother is gone, and as we know, his dad is Apollo Creed, so he is gone as well. So Marianne kind of keeping an eye on him and decides to bring him home with her. This will be um, a little bit more... uh, you know. Instead of talking about the pet peeve of, of this, we should just talk about it now because Really, the timeline is uh, is interesting here, because if we believe that Apollo Creed fathered this child right before he passed away, Rocky, F- uh, Rocky IV comes out in 1985. So if we do a little bit of math and say that Adonis could be born in 1986 in 2015 when this movie comes out that would put michael b jordan at around 29 years old and in 1998 this fire the 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 child who's who's playing the role of young creed young adonis johnson he would be around twelve. He probably looks a little bit closer to like 10, 11. so they get pretty close, but they don't really explain the timeline uh and that's more for you know hardcore fans like me and you to debate. I think they get close enough uh there but there is a thing about you know how old is Adonis at this point? They don't really talk about it uh he's uh, he's in in his career working in a for a company in an office but uh he he should be probably uh, at at the youngest 29 and then i i don't don't know if i would think he probably looks a little bit younger than that but um but yeah it's not it's not a big part of the story and they don't make it a big part of the story because you kind of have to fudge it a little bit to make the movie but immediately when i was doing the math in my head i was like okay is this gonna work because you know that's just how i've been with this franchise but did any of that uh you know did you think about any of that when you started watching this film
2: yeah, and I think you know it was just probably more the convenience of it. You know, they made him a few years younger in both instances. Uh, like the kid looks about ten. Um, I think like I like the, the the feeling I get from watching this is Donnie is maybe twenty five in this movie yeah, or something yeah. like that, which is kind of the right way, right age for somebody to kind of be on the way up in boxing. Where it's mm-hmm. like if he was twenty nine, you'd be kind of like this guy's a, a bit too old to be a, yes. a prospect on the rise. So I think it's it's just, you know, to fit, fit, fit the narrative they wanted to tell, they kind of had to do that.
1: So in in 2015, uh Michael B Jordan himself would have been 28. So that that's his age. That that's that that's the actor's age uh, when this movie comes out. So um he uh, they, they fast forward very quickly from, from this time frame to the current time frame. He boxes on the side in Mexico. Like I said, he's got a job uh, in an office and he decides to quit his nice office job, lives in the mansion with Marianne uh, who, like you said, is played by uh, Felicia Rashad. And, you know, the, the story that we are being told right now is Adonis has been taken care of and Marianne does not want him to go into boxing. And he has to do, kind of do it on the side. It, see, she, she knows that he's doing it on the side. But because, as we will learn, uh, Duke Jr., played by Wood Harris, won't train him. So he's kind of got to do this thing on his own. I thought that was an interesting wrinkle to the beginning of this film
2: yeah and I, like I, like there's there is this kind of a tension there which is is pretty interesting throughout that early part of the film in that like you know Donny is doing well in his in his in his office- office work, and you know he's got to hide this secret that you know he's thinking about going full time as a as a boxer, and you know he has that difficulty of telling his mum that who's like you you know lost her husband to the sport already that you know this is what he wants to dedicate himself
1: to. Yeah. And, you know, for him, the feeling which I, I I think she has tried to comfort him in is the fact that he was born out of wedlock and doesn't have his natural parents. And so he feels like he's constantly having to prove himself and, you know, having this nice home with Marianne as his, uh, you know, as his mother is not necessarily a way of proving himself it's a way of him being sort of gifted all of these things
2: and even in, in his interactions with L- little duke that's kind of what comes up they, like little Duke's kind of like these, like he's talking about the other fighters in the gym and he's saying like these guys fight because they have nothing you have everything why, why why would you want to come in here you don't have to hunger for it
1: yeah and in one of my favorite moments though this is not in one of my favorite scenes because it's just it's kind of like just a a, a short thing he watches Rocky, uh, he watches Balboa Creed 2, The Super Fight, on YouTube. And right here, Adonis Johnson is all of us because he's watching the movie and shadow boxing it from the screen. And shadow boxes. Trying awesome. To mimic, I really love it. Yeah, trying to mimic the, uh, like, I that was me, you know, not, not at. You know, not as an adult, really, but at, you know, at 13 and at, you know, 10 watching these like, you know, uh, you know, I, I, Rocky, not not Sugar Ray Leonard, not Oscar De La Hoya, but the character of Rocky Balboa taught me how to skip rope. And I was like, oh, how do you do this? And I just watched him over and over and over in Rocky Two skip rope. So like that's all of us in this moment is him watching that fight and Boxing. So, like, like we said, he goes to the Delphi Gym, which is the home of Apollo Creed, and it seems like this has been a conversation in the past of him wanting L- Lil Duke to train him, and he won't. And he mentions what you just said—that you know these guys are hungry. Adonis has everything, and uh, that's the difference. So, in order to kind of push the buttons here and force this to happen, Adonis jumps in the ring. And he says, you know, anybody who can land a clean shot on me gets my Mustang. And so he takes out the first one, like just destroys this guy. And then out comes Andre Ward as Danny Wheeler. And he steps up, teaches, teaches Adonis a lesson, and puts a beating on him. But the lesson that Adonis learns isn't that he needs to go back to his office job there's like a hunger that comes out of him and the beating all it does is show him that he really he wants to, to do this and he needs to learn right and he's not going to be able to learn in LA because the trainer that he wants who is duke's son uh won't won't do it and just you know and and now he's but he's also sort of Been uh, embarrassed in this gym, and that's not something that you can kind of come back from in in a boxing gym. And so he decides to leave LA to go to Philly. It's not. It's the the, there's in his leaving to go to Philadelphia. He did not say, "I need to go find Rocky Balboa," but that's what we infer as an audience, which is. Perfect storytelling,
2: and they they also do a great job of this. Like you know, they have a a montage kind of when he lands in Philly. It's to the the the, the root song, the the, the fire, um, right? And he's going around sightseeing, and you see him looking at the Rocky statue, and then you know, obviously, he ends up in Adrian's,
1: and so he finds Rocky, and Rocky's just kind of wondering who this person is. Obviously, he's never seen. Creed uh, Adonis Johnson before and he starts asking him all of these questions that Rocky is really like he he's he's almost like who is this because this kid has all these questions that not a lot of people know and he asks about the third fight between Creed and Balboa which was the favor that Rocky had to give Apollo for training him. And Rocky immediately is defensive. Like, how do you know this? And so uh, he he realizes that uh, Adonis is uh, is is related to Apollo. And you know he tells he tells Adonis that you know yeah your your dad won that third fight, but he still is not interested in training Adonis. Rocky does not want to go back down that route. It's almost like he wants to leave his former life of boxing and move on. But part of his struggle with moving on is that everybody around him is gone, which we will learn because uh, he goes, when he goes to visit Adrian's uh, headstone, Paulie's headstone is also next to it. And so at this point, we now realize that, you know, Rocky has now lost his wife and his best friend, Paulie. And so he truly is alone and um unlike the last film where he has uh little marie as his uh kind of his you know his his muse or whatever all of his reasons for for being are gone and and he has just has this restaurant and i thought that was an interesting you know i mean it's definitely a trope that they play throughout this whole thing is sort of losing someone to gain something um, but yeah, so that they use that here. What did you think about the 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 Pauly's death?
2: I think there's two things here that are really powerful um, that they did. One of them was that, like you know, they introduced you to Donnie first and told his story, and they left it a while before they had him interact with Rocky or even show you Rocky. So you had him established, and but he didn't have him overshadowed uh, in the early part of the movie, which I thought was important. And the second thing is what you have with Rocky now is you have him almost sliding into what Mick throw was yeah and there's a, like you know he there's a scene, it is a deleted scene in this, which we'll talk, I'm sure we'll talk about later, which I think really does a good job of emphasizing this, and I really wish they had left it in. But I kind of feel you get the sense of it that, like you know, Rocky's alone, and his like the way Mick's reason to go on was Rocky. That's now his role in Donnie's progression,
1: right? Um, and so, in in this universe, in this Rocky universe. HBO's 24-7 exists, and we get to see uh, Adonis watching pretty Ricky Conlon versus Danny Wheeler 24-7. That is the upcoming light heavyweight championship fight, two undefeated fighters. Uh, and what we realize at, at this time, which is an interesting story, an uh, interesting way to tell this story, which is Ricky Conlon... Is the champion but he's about to go to jail soon what did you think of this wrinkle in the story okay there's two things i just want to first
2: mention about the 24-7 one thing i really loved in this and i bet you did too was like they're talking about um andre ward's character and that uh, Daddy wheeler and uh what they what they say is that they're kind of talking about how he's trained by little Duke, and they talk about you know how the legacy of his father training the great fighters and it right. shows the footage of duke training apollo and R- R- rocky and then you know it transitions into sh- showing Lil-, Lil-, Lil duke training andre ward i thought that was just an awesome scene
1: yeah no it's great and is this is is this the scene where they show wheeler with his gold medals yeah i think so cuz those were legitimately i think uh, andre ward's gold medals mm mm-hmm um and the the thing i the thing about the
2: the Ricky Conlon situation what i like about it is that um it kind of mirrors a lot what what you see in the very first film in the way uh the way the when the boat the boat falls apart and that's Adonis Donnie's route in, in the same way it was for Rocky, and the the, the reasoning is kind of the same. You see Tommy Holiday, who is um, Ricky Conlan's manager, saying, "We need somebody we can sell." In the same w- in the same way that you know a short notice, at the same way that Rocky was to Apollo, it's like we need you know they needed a local guy who they could sell that people could believe in, and this was the same thing. It was it was like. We need a name that we can pu- that we can pu- put you against, so we can we can make you money. Like because and it's because of that reason. Because he, like you know he's going to jail. And it's like you have have this team throughout uh, this whole series of you know the managers and the trainers. They're there to look after the fighters. And the
1: reason and, this and, and go yeah, ahead. No, the go reason
2: ahead. why he, the reason why he like Tommy Holiday wants to do this fight. is like he wants to. Secure values or um, Ricky Con- Conlon's future in this one fight. He needs something that that they can they can make money off. So in case this is the end of uh, 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 end of him as a fighter.
1: So the reason why the fight is off is because at the press conference, or, or this may have been actually the weigh-in, he slaps Danny Wheeler right in the face and breaks his jaw, and so he doesn't really have time to postpone the fight because Conlon is going to jail soon. So as an, uh, the, the way that Creed gets this fight is because there is an urgency in putting this fight together that, uh, you know, you know, that he doesn't have time to wait for Andre Ward's or Danny Wheeler's jaw to, uh, you know, to, to mend itself. So then, uh, he um adonis or or donnie he tries to get rocky to uh you know to to give him some some drills and and you know he, he calls him i love this where he just starts calling rocky unk as in short for uncle and rocky has no idea because he comes from a different era what this actually means and he's like what like why are you calling me that and he and it doesn't stop Donnie from doing it because Donnie has to charm Rocky into, you know, training him and, and one way to do it is to just to become so familiar, almost like family. And, you know, to do that he he starts calling him his uncle.
2: Yeah, he meets him out in the deliveries and he i it, it's it, it, it's it's good the way Donnie does it. He just like he knows what buttons to pe- press with Rocky. He's just like, you know, he's kinda of teasing the knowledge out of him. He's like so what training would you do type thing in like mm-hmm. you know R- R- rocky's riding it there da- R- 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 riding it down from and he you knows he, he knows that once rocky bites you know he, he's got he's going to get that get that bug for boxing again
1: all right we'll get back to the uh, rocky podcast creed bridging the gap but first let's talk about uh thera one cbd uh, from tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging, to simply making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore. I am definitely going through that right now. I have a sh- little bit of a shoulder and uh, issue that kind of goes down to the bicep, tricep. So I definitely understand this. Um And so everyone can benefit from TheraOne's CBD products started by Dr. Jason Wurzeland. TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. It started with the Theragun percussive therapy device that Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments. He created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right A lot of CBD products uh, claim organic but still contain up to 30% filler and these fillers are potentially toxic. TheraOne tests their product four times before they get it to you. Every product is USD certified, organic, grown in the U.S., and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available ever. Use TheraOne's warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover body balm for targeted relief and sleep tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep. And now, through Labor Day, Monday, September 7th, TheraOne is offering our listeners here on the Fight Game podcast, bringing the Rocky podcast to you. Uh, A buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products. But you've got to go to theragun.com slash bluewire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. This is not something TheraOne is likely to do. Again, buy one, get one free at theragun.com t h e r a g u n dot com front slash blue wire, but only until Labor Day. So go right now, theragun dot com slash blue wire. And and so Rocky does agree. And 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 another way that that Donnie kind of gets Rocky to 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 be comfortable with him is he is he starts helping you know Rocky carry all the food down to the restaurant and he you know he just he just does it out of uh out of a nice gesture and rocky's like i can do this and he's like he doesn't even answer him he just keeps doing it so that they can continue the conversation
2: but i also think i think the good part about this is i think it's i think this is where they've learned the the lesson from rocky five in that you know when we spoke about that we talked about how they didn't really develop the relationship between Rocky and Tommy gone to the point right. that you actually cared about it. And, you know, th- 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 and that, again, it, 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 part of that is because we, probably with the longer runtime in this, they had these little scenes like this where it's just Rocky and Donnie g- getting to know each other and you getting to care about that
1: th- 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 that bond between them. And Michael B. Jordan's a real actor and Tommy Morrison wasn't. So, you know, I'm sure that was a, probably a challenge for Rocky Five as well. So Rocky uh, has a discussion with Adrian at his uh, at her gravesite, and and Pauly too. He he gives Pauly a bottle of uh, four roses for his birthday, and you know at this point he decides that he's going to be open to it. So he he goes and finds Adonis at uh, Mighty Mix. At this point, I'm kind of unsure, and, and I'll just ask you this question now because I was going to save it for questions, but it kind of fits now. We we know from Rocky Five that Mick gave Mighty Mix to Rocky Jr. He put it in his name. But it doesn't look like Rocky has anything to do with the gym. But do you think he owns it and maybe has someone else running it?
2: Yeah, I, that, that was the story I get. Because when he goes to the gym, he's kind of treated like the returning hero there. Mm-hmm. So th- my, my impression was that, like, you know, it's, it's, under, it's under Rocky's name, but he just doesn't go down there. And I think when he's talking to Donnie, he said, like, Donnie says, I'm going to be a mix tomorrow or something like that. And Rocky's just kind of, oh, I don't hang around there much anymore. But <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's like, they're just kind of give you the picture that, you know, Rocky still, you know, has the ownership of it, but, you know, he's just handing it off to some some somebody else. And, you know, I suppose that's may, maybe... Uh, Pete Furido, P- 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 uh, 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 like the, the lead coach, maybe he he's looking after all, all the the day to day running of the gym. Now you know, and he's obviously training his 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 son there as a as their, as their lead prospect.
1: So it you you get the feeling that Pete has wanted Rocky's help with his son Leo, and Rocky was just not interested. So he gets really suspicious when Rocky is all of a sudden interested in training. Adonis and he saw you know Adonis came to the gym and he just you know he's like Pete's like yeah you know if, if you want to come train here you can I got some prospects and you know I can probably help you with some things but you know there's you're kind of you're you're kind of on the bottom of of the list here and so when he sees Rocky, interested in Adonis. He is a, like he's just like, "Oh my gosh, like what is this?" And he's offended for one because obviously his son is is a prospect too. But this gets him into into trying to find information about Adonis, which we will see in a second. And Leo, his son, is supposed to fight on the Conlin Wheeler undercard. But now that that fight is is not happening, he needs his son to fight and he sees money in a local fight between Adonis and his son. Now that Rocky is in the picture, you know this is the a, co- a common theme from uh, from Ro- from Rocky Five, getting Rocky back into the mix to make money off of him, and that is you know that 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 peaks the interest here with uh, with Adonis. And you know Rocky, much like he was with Tommy Gunn, he's very protective. He doesn't think Adonis is ready. But because Adonis wants it so much, Rocky's like, okay, you know, I got to let him let him do it. So so uh, they so the way that Adonis wants to train for this fight is he literally wants to move in with Rocky. And there's a fun little back and forth about, you know, Rocky not being sure about it. And like you said earlier, with how Adonis kind of charms his way in, he immediately puts Rocky on the defensive going like, you know, would he walk around naked? And Rocky's like, "What? No, of course not." And he's like, "Okay, then we're good." And and so then then he just moves his way in. He he charms his way in uh, to Rocky's house. Uh, and so you know, one of the the things I I remember when I was watching this in the theater, my immediate thought was, "Okay, where is Robert, his son?" And so they do, you know, they 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 cross the Ts and dot the I's in this movie because yeah. once that once he's in the house, he sees a photo of. Uh, Stallone, actually, with his son, Sage. And, um, you know, you, there's a sadness to Stallone, but Stallone basically says his son moved to Vancouver with his girlfriend. And I know that, you know, we talked about Sage prior, and I believe Sage dies not too long before this movie gets, gets kicked off. And I've read a situation, I've read some stories where, uh, kugler um, uh, as a way to inspire Stallone to to do this performance you know was like kind of coaching him to to utilize the the loss to to uh, you know to to deliver a really good performance and you can sort of see it like, uh, you know, just seeing that photograph, I know when I saw that photograph, like my heart sank. Like I can't imagine what Stallone, like how Stallone used that. And just just using the photo, right, like is, is an amazing thing in, in that movie. Um, so then they are not going to train at the same gym as as Leo because that's, you know, that, that that's a common thing in boxing camps and in uh, MMA camps is, you know, if, if you have fighters from the same gym... You don't want them training out of the same gym. So he takes uh he takes Adonis to Front Street Gym, which is another Philly gym. And um Introduce this, him to the team. Introduce him to the team. And it's a different team. And and immediately because it's in, cause Adonis is an outsider to this gym, he kind of gets in a little bit of a scrap sparring and they they you know Adonis he he's not A veteran. He did not grow up in this sport. So he kind of had to learn some lessons in in being a guest in somebody else's gym and know that, okay, these people are helping me. I can't get offended when, when something doesn't exactly go my way.
2: Yeah, and they they do a good job also of establishing in that in those training scenes that like Donny has a long way to go, like he's lagging behind the other prospect in the gym, and that's kind of where his frustration is is coming from. But you know, as as he, he goes on, I suppose he earns their respect, and they earn earn his, and he kind of finds a home there.
1: So Leo finds out as you know he does his research because he was very he was he was just wondering about why Rocky would do this he finds out that Adonis is Apollo Creed's son. They don't exactly say how he did it. I don't know if it was some Google searches or if he had an investigator or whatever, but he finds out that Adonis is the son of Apollo Creed, and he he now understands why Rocky is interested. He's still pretty frustrated, but Rocky's uh, Rocky's whole thing is, you know, don't tell anybody. Like, you know, this is kind of a, a little bit of a secret. So they have the fight. Our good friend Stitch Duran is back this time. He is helping Rocky side. He's in Adonis's corner and he not and Adonis knocks out Leo in the second round after a pretty tough first round. It took him a little while to to get going, but Rocky gives him some advice about a combination using a shovel hook and he knocks out Leo and i really love this part the, the the important thing here is also that like you know Don,
2: donnie said he would follow uh, r- rocky's instructions r- r- right through you know he's he's got to be, he's going to be a good student and you know you saw that here he fo- followed r- rocky's instructions and he got the results he wanted
1: uh, and m- what i really love about this scene is at this point i think adonis and maybe even rocky realize that they have something right because when he, when when he knocks him down even before the count starts he goes we got one rock we got one and like there's a there's like a tinge in a change in his behavior where it's almost like okay I am good at this like this is something that is in me I have the the lineage my father was great like this is not just like this isn't a bad decision that I made and he comes to that realization in this knockout. So, because of that fact, the news comes out that he is a creed. And uh Bianca, who has who he I, I didn't mention this part of the story, but there's a little bit of a of a of he he moves into an apartment building where Bianca is is living. Her music is a little bit loud, and we realize that her music is loud because she has a hearing deficiency. And so he is immediately um he immediately sees Bianca and he's like, you know, he wants to get to know her. And then there's a, a whole scene of where she sort of explains a little bit of Philadelphia to him uh, using uh, the word John as a way to kind of show that this movie is like Philadelphia. And so they get together and Bianca is upset because originally he did not tell Bianca the, the relationship between him and Rocky. He actually lied to her and said that it was his uncle. And so now she now it comes out that he's a creed and she's really frustrated because, you know, when you get into a relationship and you don't really say what the background is, uh, you know, she she was now like, what else are you? Are you hiding from me? But they have a nice little scene and he agrees. No more secrets. I, I just want to I just want to make it on my own, which kind of plays into the end of this movie. So how do they explain this news? Well, of course, ESPN they have PTI with uh, Tony um, uh, and Michael Wilbon, and so they have a little scene which adds to the realism of this movie because that's exactly what would happen in in uh, a real sports world. So Conlon's manager, in learning about this information that you know that there's another Creed out there, like you mentioned in the beginning, much like Miles Jurgens and Apollo Creed from the first movie. They're looking for the ability to market a fight. And because of the lineage, because of the history, because of Rocky, all of a sudden, Adonis Creed, who is not even in, a, he's not even ranked in any way because he's only had one real fight. They want him to, to do the fight. So Rocky basically tells uh, Adonis that he would not, you know, he would not advise this but Adana says, "Look, you know, if I have you in my corner, I can do this. If I didn't have you in my corner, I wouldn't even really think about it. And Rocky, again, this is part of Adana's charming Rocky, make, being the the closest person in Rocky's life. Rocky is just like, you're talking you mean me, like of like me of all people. And so there's this connection with them, and I think that helps Rocky realize that, okay, you know, if we're going to do this, we got to do it like 100%. And he really takes it on as, uh you know, as his trainer. Um, I, I think what another thing I like about this is there's a contrast here to,
2: again, with Rocky 5, where, you know, Tommy got frustrated with Rocky and went with George Washington Duke because Rocky was, holding him back right? with Donny, you see the opposite where he's looking for Rocky's blessing to take the fight and he's not going to do it unless Rocky wants to do it with, with, with him
1: so um, so now when it comes to the training they're taking it super seriously Rocky's basically has to w- whatever Adonis is missing in experience Rocky has to add uh, this with his experience and in a in a shift, in a, in a real shift, all of a sudden, midway through the film, Rocky gets sick. What did you think? I, I'm sure you, when you read about this movie, like I did, you saw, you knew that this was coming, but just as another layer of um, of something to overcome. What what did you think about adding this as a part of that?
2: Yeah, it, it, it's kind of you know it, it's it's kind of used as. The as the contra, or the comparison, I suppose, um, to for to to the rest of the story is that like you know, you know, it's exactly what 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 Donnie ends up saying. He says if if I fight, you fight. So you know, as much as while while Donnie's preparing for his world title fight, Rocky's kind of you know fighting his own battle, which is trying to get 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 better.
1: So, Rocky's initial instinct when he hears the diagnosis of of cancer um, is to not fight it because he saw what Adrian went through with her breast cancer. And to Rocky, watching her go through that and not come out ahead was like a nightmare and something that he's going to have to live with for the rest of his life. They tell you that his cancer is actually um through all all of the treatment that he they caught it early and he'll probably be okay but to him that doesn't that that doesn't mean anything because he just knows what he saw and what he went through and i don't know and this is what i was going to ask you i don't know if he doesn't want to see it for him or if he doesn't want donny to see him go through that and then it will affect donny the way that it affected him when adrian went through it
2: I think it's a mix of two things. I think part of the reason w- why, as, as part we're coming to, where he starts to push Donny away is that he doesn't want uh, Do- Donny to put Donny through that. And, you know, I think like he hurts D- D- Donnie's feelings by doing that. But I also think part of it is, you know, what he's saying, you know, when he's talking to Donnie, he's saying, like, you know, I'd give anything to have another day with my wife. And it's like he's talked about, like, you know, if something breaks now, I'm not going to fix it. You know, he's kind of like, you know, most of what he's what he what what he had in his life is gone. And, you know, you know, he's looking at he's looking at this as like, you know. Um, my story's ending, ending, ending soon, and Donnie still has to go on.
1: Yeah, so he has this discussion with Rocky. Rocky doesn't want to fight it, and he's pushing Donnie away. Like you said, we'll get to this scene in when we talk about our favorite scenes, because I think this is actually the scene that earns Stallone the uh, the nomination for best supporting actor, and. So now Donnie's down. And, and so he, he now has to go visit Bianca, who, who, who's opening up for a rapper uh, who's played by an actual Philly rapper named Tone Trump. And his, he's so frustrated that his aggressiveness uh, takes over. And when he feels disrespected by Tone Trump, he punches him. Someone comes to kind of break it up. He punches that guy and he ends up in jail again.
2: Um, and the reason why he is frustrated is because your man references that Apollo
1: Creed is his dad. Right. He calls him baby Creed. And he's like, don't call me that. And he's like, I'm showing you love. And that was that that was, you know, when, for, for Bianca, that was really frustrating because it's like a big break for her and her new boyfriend, you know, can't allow her to. The moment he's got to take over the moment so that was super frustrating for her and it causes them to 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 distance that to have distance until the end of the movie so rocky goes to to the jail uh, assuming to to bail out adonis and and they have an argument adonis feels and this is an interesting scene because he's done so much to connect with rocky And he finally is at a point where he feels that Rocky is more than his trainer, that Rocky is actually family. And in the previous scene, Rocky had said that they're not really family, that it's just sort of made up in their heads. So now he's at this moment where he finally has allowed someone to come into his world and they pushed him away. And he can't deal with that, even though Rocky apologizes and wants it to go back to what it was. And so this is a, like, Michael B. Jordan, I, I don't know, you know, what his best scene in this movie is, but the anger and the tears and the sadness all in one emotion comes out here. And I thought I thought he was great here in, in this one specific scene in, in in really not allowing Rocky to apologize.
2: And I think the thing you saw in Rocky in this scene is that he drew the comparison of what had happened with his own son, Robert. Yes. Like, because he, me- he he mentions to him, maybe you're mad at somebody who isn't here and can't defend themselves. And, he, you know, the whole part of Rocky Balboa, like, you know, one of the main storylines in that film is that, like, you know, Robert can't step out of Rocky's shadow. And, you know, Rocky having the experience of having go- gone through that with mm-hmm. Robert, he knows what, what Donnie's going through. And I think he's trying to give him some release on that.
1: God, this movie is so well-written from that perspective of just drawing little things out of these characters. Uh, Coogler and his writing partner, uh, I forget the guy's name, like Aaron Covington or something. like They just did a tremendous job tying up all of these little things. All right, we're going to get back to the Rocky podcast in a second here, but let's talk about NFL Sunday Ticket. With the NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sunday's ever. Use promo code blue wire at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFL Sunday TV and use promo code blue wire people. NFL Sunday ticket is the real deal. I love red zone. I love the fantasy zone channels. So definitely check it out. So then, um, finally Adonis tells Rocky, he's like, I'm not fighting unless you fight. And Rocky agrees and you know the, this whole this whole change of the emotion of the film you see Stallone who has you know we we've watched Stallone in all these movies from Rocky from the first two where he's in good shape to the next two where he looks like a bodybuilder and then in Rocky 5 he's still in great shape but they don't really make it about that because he's supposed to be you know the old man now And then you get to Rocky Balboa where he's, you know, he's clearly in his, you know, whatever it is, late 50s at this point or or something. And he's still, he's in good shape for someone who's in his late 50s, but he is now clearly an old man in Rocky Balboa. And him going through the cancer treatment and the chemo, the way that the makeup uh, and the hair and everything and just the changing uh, of the color in his face Uh, It affected Stallone in real life. Like he said that you know that it it really shocked him to to see himself like that, but it also reminded him that you know he is getting older and these are things that you have to experience. But I thought that was a it was a it was a great touch because I remember watching it thinking like oh my god like he really does look sick like this is what you know someone who has been so uh, you know stallone's best friend for much of his career was probably the mirror because he he had to 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 build himself up and then to sort of see him in this way it was really shocking to me so uh so they 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 go to uh the, the whole there's a whole scene of adonis training at the hospital while rocky is getting treatment and um and so they they end up in Liverpool, and we'll we'll save the Liverpool discussion because I want to. This is I have this in my my questions for you, but they the fight is in Liverpool because that's where Ricky Conlon fights out of. Uh, they're at the press conference, and Ricky Conlon obviously wins the press conference. He is a master of this. Uh, Rocky warns uh Donnie that you know don't don't let this guy get to you cuz he's he's going to
2: What he said what he what he says is remember as as, as soon as he end, as soon as he arrives that's when the fight starts.
1: Right. Right. So Conlon wins the presser as they get closer to the fight Rocky has a surprise for Donnie and he <laughs> This is a really funny scene because the Stallone uh, or Rocky and uh, Bianca don't necessarily have the timing of the surprise correct so Rocky's just kind of making sure that that you know he's he's like oh yeah you know just wanted to talk to you and he keeps looking at the door and Donnie's like what are you doing like why do you keep looking at the door and finally Bianca comes and that's that's his surprise and he reminds them though you know he's as he stated during the early parts of the film that you know women weaken legs and so that he's rem- they are reminded to to not actually um you know, have sex because it's good. It's it's not going to make him stronger. It's going to make him weaker for his big fight. And they're like, "Yeah, we know. We know, old guy. You told us this one already." So, uh, last a second surprise happens as he is in the locker room getting ready to prepare for this fight, and a box shows up. The box has Apollo Creed's colors, as, as Rocky and Apollo would say, uh, trunks with the red, white, and blue stripes from the first Rocky film and from the uh, third and fourth Rocky films in which Apollo gifts Rocky the, the colors. And the difference here is that Felicia Rashad's character of Marianne Creed, she's not even in this scene. It's just a note that she leaves for him, which basically says, you know, uh, build your own legacy. And so on the front of the trunks is the name Creed, and on the back of the trunks is his mother's name of Johnson. So that was a nice little little touch because part of his struggle is in finding himself in between the two names of Creed yeah, and a, Johnson. Yeah,
2: it's, it's about like respecting his father's legacy and building his own. And that's kind of mirrors what this whole film is about. It's about respecting... The history of rocky well you know going off and building
1: their own path as well so we have max kellerman and jim lampley on the call which really made me sad for hbo boxing uh and um we'll, we we will break down this fight when we talk about sort of the training scenes and the and the fight scenes in in a few segments uh but conlin wins a split decision and uh I don't know. I heard that they actually filmed a couple of different endings. Was there an ending in which Creed won the fight? Do you know?
2: I do not know, but like, you know, there's a lot of, as I said, I mentioned already, there's like, there is a lot of deleted scenes in this. There's like 20 minutes of deleted scenes on the DVD, but there's none that pertain to the ending or a different ending.
1: All right, so let's break down these new characters. We'll do this quickly because we've already talked about uh, a good number of them. But Marianne Creed, played by Felicia Rashad, who is probably most famous from The Cosby Show. She is continuing to act. She's also been in uh, This Is Us, which is one of the biggest uh, TV shows in the U.S. Um, And she takes the place of Sylvia Meals, who played Marianne Creed in the uh, first, second, and fourth film. Uh, she passed away in 2011. And I, a question I had for you is, if Sylvia Meals is still alive, I'm not sure if she actually does get this role. Do, what, what do you think about you know if she if she's still alive, like like do, do do they still go Felicia Rashad cuz i thought Felicia Rashad in this movie and the next movie which we'll talk about in the next episode is like really really good yeah,
2: she steps into the role perfectly and you know I I, I don't know. Um I don't I don't know wh- whether you know the original actress was still acting up up until her, the later part of her, her life or not or did she stepped away do you know on the, on the, in that regard? I,
1: I don't. I, I mean I've I've looked her up but there's not a ton about her uh online.
2: Yeah, like I I I would say there's there's a chance that you know maybe they would have had the conversation with her and seeing or, if or, or he, or to or, was a a less, interested in her.
1: Yeah, or maybe it's not as big of a role, but because Felicia Rashad is, you know, such such a great actress that, you know, you could make it a, a much bigger role. Um, and so then uh we, we mentioned Adonis Crees played by Michael B. Jordan. Now Michael B. Jordan has been acting ever since childhood. He's been in a ton of stuff, I think most well known as um in in The Wire. Um he was in the wire when he was a teenager and then also he got uh right before he started his movie career he was in friday night lights in the last two seasons of friday night lights and he kind of came into his own in in that series uh near the end there and then uh fruitvale station is the the movie that he was in with ryan coogler where i think he showed his you know if if he was a uh, a young fighter in that movie, he became like one of the hottest prospects in uh, in 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 film. Thanks to that movie, Bianca is played by Tessa Thompson. She's had a really strong career as well. She's done stuff in the Marvel universe. She was in um, I forget the HBO show that that she's in that that's pretty popular. But uh, you know, she's done. I think she was in the Men in Black series. So really strong actress for the role of Bianca. And Tessa Thompson's role as Bianca will increase in Creed Two. Uh, Wood Harris, who's also in The Wire, Avon Barksdale—he's like the the drug kingpin uh, in the first several seasons of The Wire, played by uh, Wood Harris's Duke Junior. So he is, uh, and and Duke Senior, played by um, our friend Tony Burton, he actually passes away right before this movie comes out.
2: Okay, I'm actually just gonna we might as well get get into uh, that uh, now because there's there's two people who pass away on kind of uh, either side of this movie. Duke actually, I think he just passed away just after the after the movie. He died of um, uh, complications due to pneumonia, and yeah, he was one of the guys that I was kind of wondering like, you know, will they bring back Duke? It'd be great to have him. I think you know he had been very sick in the last. Few years of of his life, he'd been in and had a hospital and that, and he probably just wasn't, you know, of good enough health to to be able to appear in the movie. But I I do like that they brought in his son to like carry on carry on his legacy in it. And the other person who par- passed away was one of the producers, Robert mm-hmm. uh, Just pa- He's the first name you see on the credit. It's, it's a dedication to him. Uh, you know, him and er- Erwin Winkler were, you know, from Rocky One right up to this film, did every mo- mo- movie. And, you know, he passed away just a couple of months before th- this movie came out.
1: And obviously, we've talked about Danny Wheeler, played by Andre Ward, Olympic gold medalist, one of the. Greatest boxers in, in in the last fifteen years, and uh Ricky Conlan played by Tony Bellew. You, why don't you give a little bit of of background on Tony Bellew as a boxer?
2: Yeah, so like it, Tony, like this kind of led to a little bit of a rocky story for T- Tony Bellew, and um, you know, but Bellew with guy early in his career was very popular. In, around Liverpool and a good ticket seller and that. And, you know, he obviously talked the talk very well. And, you know, his first big feud was with an, another guy at that time who was uh, a champion at light heavyweight called uh, called Nathan Cleverly, And, you know, they were trying to build the two British... Leading contenders for uh, for up for up for a uh, like you know a big lo- local d- 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 derby, and I remember kind of at the time, like you know when I, I was previewing this on 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 fight fight game blog, I, I you know I said the trouble with this is that like you know they need to do this fight now because the gap is widening, like you know Bellew's looking like he's maxing out as kind of a British level fighter and cleverly looks like. He's going to push on to bigger and better things. You know, they eventually make that match. Uh, you know, Bellew had very poor performance in a, in a, in his two fights beforehand against um um against like you know a feather and fighter of the British scene. He, he was like knocked. He was knocked down. You know, in in, in the fight, he boxed boxed. We boxed safely to kind of make it through them but kind of scraped by but after the fight he was saying like bring me cleverly you want to see the best of me give me cleverly and you know as I said the general feeling was that cleverly was just on a different level to him mm-hmm. but like this was the fight to sell this was the fight for them to sell and they had to do it now before that gap widened Um. so the pull apart in this film is actually like that is a direct copy of the Nathan cleverly tony Bellew pull-apart. You, you can look that up if you're not familiar with the British boxing scene. If you if you look that up on YouTube at uh, the original press conference, it is, it's absolutely what, what's mirrored in uh, the Ricky Conlon and Donis Don, 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 Creed presser. But what happens in that, that fight is that Bellew ends up giving a much better account than most people felt he would and loses a majority decision. Um And like, it's a really close, close fight. And from that point on, he's the one who presses on mm-hmm. and just improves more than cleverly does. You know, he rebuilds himself back up again at light heavyweight. He gets into a position to fight Adonis Stevenson, who was the lineal light heavyweight champion at that point. You know, he was de- he come, like he like was pushing his limit at light heavyweight at that point. He'd been making it for a long time. He comes in dead at the weight. He's kind of weak in the fight. And he ends up getting stopped by Stevenson. But, you know, he's, he, he comes back from that and he, he, he rebuilds again at cruiserweight this time. And this is where this film picks up. he w- w- at, In Tony Bellew's career, he's rebuilding himself as a cruiserweight when this film is going on. um. And I think what happened as well is like Sky did a really good job at the, around this time of showing Tony like who Tony Belly was because he kind of had this reputation as being just this loudmouth brawler troublemaker type. And you kind of saw that he was like the reason why he was still getting better all the time, even late in his career, is he was making those small gains. He's one of the most dedicated guys in British boxing. And he continued right the way to end his career. Every fight, he just makes those small little improvements all the time. because He was just working so diligently and so hard. And he really got the fans behind him. You know, he became a, a big time baby in, in in the British boxing scene. So after this film, you know, as I said, he's building his reputation to go for his third chance at a world title, which is more than likely, you know, third chance. If he doesn't do it now, he's probably never going to do it type of thing. And Matrium decide to play on what happens in this film. Um, They book out the stadium Goodison Park, where where Everton played their uh, home games, uh, the Everton Football Club, who Tony Bellew's a massive fan of. He's been going there since he was a k- kid. You know, that's a st- stadium where, where Adonis C- Creed and uh, Ricky Conlon fight. You know, they booked that arena for his world title fight. He's put in against a guy called Al- Alungu Makabu, who at the time was, you know, one of, the real danger man of the division. He'd he'd lost his debut and won, like, I think, 18 or 19, no, or no, he won 19 fights since then straight and 18 of them by knockout. And he was all, he's like a big puncher and a southpaw. And he was the guy that, like, nobody really wanted to fight. The reason why, it, like, him and Belly were fighting for the belt was because, like, he was the number one contender and, like, you know, the champion just wasn't, that that interest in take, t- taking the risk. So, you know, Bellew got that opportunity to step in. So, night of the fight, you know, Bellew comes out, has a good start to the first couple of minutes of the round, gets a little bit over eager and gets put down heavy at the end of the first round. Um, he regroups, uh, you know, uh, in, in the break. Uh, it's a much more s- slow paced se- second round. The two guys are, you know, both landing some good good shots, but, you know, they're both also wary of the other's power. Then in the third round, it kind of breaks down and they just start trading bombs and it's kind of who will land the big one. You know, Bellew gets it. uh, He pulls off like what was a really big upset at home and becomes the the, the, the Cruiserweight Champion of the world. Like, you know, from that... He went he, like he had one defense of his title, and then he moved up. To, like you know, he'd become kind of such a big star out of that that match. He'd moved up to heavyweight to fight David Hay. He was obviously a huge name in British boxing at that point. Again, Bellew was the underdog going into that fight. Is he for like a big big Sky pay per view event? And you know, he 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 beat, he beat up beat up. Um, Hey, hey injured his ankle during the fight and eventually his corner threw in the towel in the 11th round. They rematched a little while after that and he beat him again, stopping him in six rounds. And, you know, valued Be- the second time around was going around with the lion's share of the purse. So, you know, he, he, those last few dates of his career, you know, uh, between the Maccabi fight and the two, the two Hay fights made him, I think, you know, somewhere in the region of like, you know, over over two and a half million for the, the for 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 each of those hay fights, and then you know his final fight, which would be uh, against the great the cruiserweight great Alexander Usyk. He made he made four mi- mi- million pounds. Um, you know at that stage. You know, You knew going into that fight this was going to be his last fight and he, he had to kind of admire it. He went with the idea he, he wanted to fight. He wanted to try to make a legacy fight. He went with the the hardest guy out there. He went for all the marbles at the Cruiserweight. And, you know, he did a lot better than a lot of people thought. He gave Usyk a really good fight and then was stopped in the uh, the eight round, ultimately. And, um, you know, that was his, his last fight. So, you know, between those last few fights, he made... All the money, like more money than he'd ever made in his career up to that point. He probably made close to 10, 10 million pounds in those last three or four fights. And, you know, a big part of that is owed to, you know, playing this role and, mm-hmm. you know, how, 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 how it shaped, uh, you know, that, 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 that title fight for him.
1: So I guess the last person we should just mention—he doesn't have a big role here—but Tommy Holiday, you already mentioned, played by Graham McTavish. And I think the the fun trivia here is, and you know, he he's he's a a veteran. He, there there's a show called Outlander that he's in that uh, my wife is watching, and he played. He, he's the only actor to perform opposite Stallone in the two franchises of. Rocky and First Blood slash Rambo. He's in the fourth movie in, in the Rambo series. So that's kind of a, a cool little piece of trivia there. All right, now let's talk about the favorite scenes. I have, let's see how many I have. I have five. I'm sure some of yours will be the same, but there, I'm sure there's going to be a couple that you're going to add too. So the first one that I want to start with is the scene in which Rocky and Adonis meet and we, we mentioned this in, in the general storyline, but there is, it's, it's almost like a Rocky fans, like greatest, uh, greatest dream. Like if Rocky were real and you got to go to Adrian's restaurant, Like this is one of the conversations that I would love to have with Rocky. It's just Adonis trying to get information, but he's also trying to kind of give Rocky an idea of who he is. But just their back and forth and then the asking about the third fight between Creed and Balboa. Now, there is a sharpness to this scene too, because when Rocky realizes who Adonis is, Adonis mentions that, you know, Marianne, hasn't heard from Rocky since the funeral. So there is this sort of like this thing where uh, a lot of people left Adonis behind and also because there's there's no Apollo, Marianne as, as well. And w- what's interesting is it, it, that conversation had to have happened, right? Between Adonis and Marianne. Marianne had to have told Adonis the whole story of how his father died and, and who was there with him and who wasn't there. You know, Rocky and Apollo were supposedly these great friends. And yet I haven't heard from Rocky since his death. So I thought that was, that was part, that that's not my favorite part of that scene, but that's a little bit of like a, oh, this isn't a, all hunky dory here. Like there's some, you know, there's a little bit of frustration on, on, on the Creed side.
2: Yeah, and there's just so much history packed into the scene. It's really a a great scene. Um, You know, like, there's things I like in it where just, like, you know, where Donnie's asking him about... Apollo and you know he's kind of, and you know Rocky's kind of like how do you know all this stuff and you know you know obviously Donnie says who he is but he's he's like you know and he's asked him like was he was he really that good or you know and Rocky's like he's the perfect fighter yeah absolutely. and and then what Donnie says he's like then how did you beat him and he said i didn't beat him time time beat him times undefeated like saying that like you, you know he, he got him at the right time you know at his best he he couldn't have beat apollo and you know it's something that comes back up later is like you know when Donnie asks who won that who won that third fight um R- R- rocky says rocky says you know rocky comes clean and says you know no he did um and another part i think that f- makes this uh very powerful is like you know when he's, t- rocky's kind of talking about being with Apollo when he died and you know how they should have stopped the fight and Donnie says you know maybe that's what he wanted maybe you know he was a fighter like the way I'm a fighter and that's how he wanted to go out and Rocky says you know I think he'd rather be here talking with you
1: yeah yeah that 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 that's a Yeah, there's a couple of, of moments in this in this movie of dialogue where you just kind of get stopped and you're like, Ugh. that was one of them for sure for me. And so we've already talked about this next scene. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to go back into too much detail, but just when Rocky and Adonis are outside of the restaurant, Adonis using his charm, Adonis trying to familiarize himself, Rocky getting sucked back in, like everything about that scene. And then there's a, you know, we we talked about this movie being a product of the time and Adonis... Takes a photo of the drills that Rocky gives him, and he Rocky goes and he gives a paperback to Rocky. And he's like, you know, don't don't you want this? He's like, oh, it's it's already in the cloud. And Rocky looks up in the sky. He's like, cloud. Like it's an old. This is a Rocky's old man. Kind of, Rocky. Uh, uh, yeah. Like Rocky's has kind got of like what sort of dark magic is this? Type <laughs> <thing>? <laughs> so that that made me realize Rocky must not have the internet, right? Like he doesn't he doesn't understand like you know just like certain older. Folks uh, who who just decided not to not to buy into the technology. Like he, I'm just assuming that he doesn't have the internet. Uh, so my third favorite scene, and we didn't even really talk about this in the general story, but you know, Adonis has this struggle with the name of Creed because he doesn't want to go by, he doesn't want to get by on the name, but he also doesn't want to disappoint the name. This is a thing that all of these uh, you know children of these fighters have to deal with, right? Like think of Marvis Frazier and Joe Frazier. Like Marvis Frazier gets along because of who his dad is. And when push comes to shove, he does not have the goods. Like, you know, he's kind of pushed into those moments and is and not good enough to be in those moments, whether it's against uh, Mike Tyson or Larry Holmes, and he just gets demolished. And so for Adonis, he is one doesn't want to get the credit for the name, but also, what if he's not good enough to have the name? And so he and Bianca have this conversation, and she goes... I actually goes, had this in my favorite quotes, but yeah, it,
2: it probably goes in here too.
1: Yeah, and she just basically says, you know, use the name, it's yours, and telling him to not be scared to disappoint. I, I You know, she, she doesn't have a ton of scenes in this movie but i thought this one was where she really shows the difference between her character and who adrian was for the majority of the series because she uses her own sort of um you know she she is she is equal to him based on their what they what their passions are like she is a great artist he is an up-and-coming fighter so her words and her smarts and the way that the what she stands on to him is beneficial like he doesn't look at her going ah, you don't know what you're talking about he's like he 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 listens to everything she has to say because she the her character is right on par with his
2: Uh, yeah like um we've talked about it before like in all these scenes there's always you know. A moment like this where, you know, there's something the fighter needs to hear from, you know, to set them on their way. And I think that this is that that like Bianca steps into that role in this one, you know, and, you know, she gets true to him. Like Donnie's kind of playing down what the reason for him not wanting to use the name is. And she kind of calls him on it and he kind of comes clean that like he's afraid to disgrace the 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 legacy of, 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 of the name and you know she's as he said says like the name's yours use it
1: yeah so you know the the other the other scene which is really i think it's my favorite scene of the movie is rocky not wanting the treatment and pushing adonis away rocky talks about all of the things in his life being gone he looks behind him and says like that's where his life is uh, he, his whole life is in the past. He talks about his wife. If he could just have one more moment with her, he would die a happy man. And I think maybe my favorite thing about this scene, Stallone doesn't cry, but he is getting choked up talking about this, but he's not crying. But the fact that he's getting choked up and not crying, I think was even more powerful than if he did cry. And that is, I I don't know whose idea that was. I don't know if they tried it in different ways. But him choking up, like, chokes me up whenever I watch this scene. And then there's another great thing about it. When Adonis is frustrated and he leaves, Rocky immediately starts talking to himself. And you imagine that this is how, being someone who is lonely right now, you imagine this is how he has these conversations. He doesn't have anybody else to talk to. So he starts talking to himself. Why did you say that thing? Why did you do that to the kid? And so he's having this dialogue with himself that shows his immediate regret and what he really wants. Like, like he doesn't want to die. He's scared. He doesn't really want to die. He sees a future in the kid. He loves the connection with Donnie. But he's almost too proud, in a sense, and at that immediate moment, you're like, okay, like he gets it. He 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 is gonna come back from that. And I, just those little things make this scene so great.
2: Yeah, it's it's all, for all the reasons you, you just mentioned. Uh, you, yeah, I, I do think that it is that, that kind of case. As I mentioned, you know, Rocky is kind of stepped into mixed role uh, uh, as the trainer. And you know, I think you know he he's pushing D- D- Donnie away because because of you know like he doesn't want to put he, it's, 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 it's out of a, it's kind of out of good nature I suppose that he's p- pushing Donnie away he's, he's not doing it out of you know badness or meanness or anything like that or or, or self interest it's more that you know he wants to protect Donnie from it what
0: you mean don't think about this when you start in treatment I'm not doing no chemotherapy no if you don't jump on this quick you're going to end up dying I know and you're alright with that I am. <laughs> man, you sound crazy, man. Give me the keys. I'll take to the hospital right now. I'm not crazy at all. If I could take everything that was good and put it into a bowl or something and say, hey, here, I'd like to buy one more day with my wife, I'd do it. I would die a happy man right then. Not gonna happen. <sighs> so, Everything I got is moved on, and I'm here. But you know what? It's okay. Because I said to myself, if I break, if I'm hurt, whatever, I ain't going to fix it. Why bother? And I'm just some bum that's living in your crib. It's just nothing. You're a good kid, a good fighter. But you got your whole future ahead of you, mine. Back there, like all them guys on that wall. In the back, in the past, we're going nowhere. I am, to you, just an old trainer. That's what brought us together, you know? We're not a real family. That was just in our heads, kid.
1: And then the last scene that I have is after the fight in which he almost has uh he almost wins the fight and we'll talk about how in a second he there's an emotional scene where max kellerman is is in the ring i thought kellerman was great not that he hasn't done this before but he was every bit of max kellerman that i that i love about max and he's interviewing adonis and basically says you know if your dad was here like like what would you what would you say to him and adonis just kind of gets you know choked up and 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 like he adonis's quote in of itself wasn't even really that memorable like it's not in my favorite quotes list but just the whole scene of you know the the whole world the whole boxing world has just realized that there is this other creed out there and he just gives you know the the pound for pound best fighter in the world like the run of his life and max goes in there and just like well, what would you say to your dad right now? Like that—that that was just so cool. And you know, not 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 saying that Max of he of himself would be a great actor or anything, but he, Max really got that moment for it being such a fictitious moment. Uh, as a, as a broadcaster, Max was like perfect in that whole thing. All right, what about you? What what scenes do you have?
2: Okay, there's a, a few other ones. One of them's the one we already mentioned when we were recapping the movie, which is where. You know, Marianne comes home and Donnie has the sunglasses on to block out the fact that he has a black eye. And, you know, she lifts up the glasses and kind of asks him, did you get that in Mexico? And this is where Donnie has to come clean with his mum and tell him that he's, go- he's going to be a fighter uh, full time. And she just totally calls him out on this. Like... Like she brings a lot of the harsh realities about the sport, uh, to 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 this. Like you know, she she's she's lost her husband to it to it, and like she does not glamorize this at all. All for for him, and she's gone like, if you're going to do this, like I'm not going, I'm not going to to watch you do it. And I think you know the line then is like you know, you're your father's son, but that that doesn't mean you have to be him. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I just think like, that whole scene and Felicia 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 Rashad in in that scene are just fantastic.
1: Yes, absolutely.
2: Um, another one I really like. Um, is and it's a, it's one you mentioned briefly as well in the recap is like, what I guess is Bianca and Donny's first first date where they, mm-hmm. they they go out for dinner and you know. He's talking to her like she's like he's talking to her about being a boxer, and she's kind of so like kind of doesn't see him as like you know a rough fighter type, and then you know he's asking her about you know a, about her hearing loss and, and 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 things like that, and they're just kind of finding like l- l- the little bits the, the, the little bits about them that kind of and to connect them. And it's just kind of a charming scene. it does remind me a lot of kind of you know. Rocky One, the scenes between Adrian and Rocky, did the the, the 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 connection is there in the same like wedding? like at the skating rink? Yeah, yeah, very much so. And I think what also works with this, you know, what fits into the whole theme of the film, is that the very next scene is Rocky going to the graveyard to mm-hmm. talk to mm-hmm. talk to Adrian and pa- Paulie, and you know. Because, like, I, you you kind of realize at this point that Paulie's dead and Rocky's kind of all alone as well, and you know I suppose it just reminds me a little bit of like those two scenes together. Kind of remind me of what you were talking about in with the first Rocky. You know when Rocky's talking about how he has gaps and Adrian has gaps, and you know they kind of they together. They kind of they kind of. Are able to you know fill in some some of the things that are missing. Yeah, and I I kind of feel like that's what you get with Bianca and Donnie and Rocky. This small little family that's formed out of it is you know they all have things that are, that they're missing in their life, and you know to get together, that makes them a strong unit.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's a that's a great that's a great point. I didn't even tie that in to the Rocky and Adrian date, but you're, you're right. And then, you know, we'll talk about it in Creed 2, but there's a little bit of a callback to that scene in Creed 2, because you see them as now a uh, I, I don't know if they're married yet, but they're, you know, they're, 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 they're a much more of a, of a, of a couple in, in that scene. There, there, there's more that they're, they're actually a family there where in this scene that they're just kind of getting to know each other. So that, that was really cool too.
2: Um and yeah there's two two other ones one one is one um what we mentioned about when they're deciding whether or not they'll take the the Ricky Conlan fight at you know the way Donny poses it is like. You know, if we do do it, <laughs> how, how would we get it done? You know, and he's just trying to get like—it's it's the same thing as we were talking about when they're, they're collecting the groceries and that, yeah. helping him. He's just teasing out a little bit in a bit of knowledge, from Rocky, and he knows the rock, Rocky will bite. And you know, yeah, just that, that moment of him saying, like, if I had anyone else in my corner, I wouldn't do it. But you know, I've got you. Uh, I just thought that that was that was the great bonding moment. That like. I think that brings you into caring about about Donnie's story a lot.
1: Yeah, for sure. The um the idea that and 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 you know, we'll talk about this in the pet peeve section because I think this is uh it mirrors the first film in the underdog story of like, you know, how how is it possible that this guy can actually face the champ if there are things like sanctioning bodies and and if there are athletic commissions? Like it seems like such uh, such an over overmatched fight, but because you have the experience and because we know that trainers uh, can actually create game plans and stuff. So for Rocky to be like, "Wow, like you think that much of me." that you're confident and not scared out of your mind that you're just going to get destroyed like that shows that you have so much confidence in me and he took that like with such pride
2: and my last scene is the very final scene of the film where they walk together up the famous steps and you know rocky's telling adonis that you know he's been doing this since he was 11 years old and, you know, he's joking about, you know, yeah I think they added a, few, they built on a few, <laughs> few more steps, but it's part of Rocky's recovery, you know, and it's just a new spin on the classic scene in that, like, you know, just, you know, just it, it, like, you know, just for Rocky just to make it up the steps, you know, when he's flying up the steps as kind of, you know, to be ready for his fight in you know in all the previous films just you know just getting to the top now is that you know he's he's ready to 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 make his recovery
1: and the the rules reversed because adonis is his trainer in a sense saying like no breaks you know i didn't hear i didn't hear no bell like he's telling rocky you got to keep moving dude like get up these steps you've done it before you know in in rocky's recovery like you said Okay, so let's talk about our favorite quotes. Um, I'll start with the training scene where Adonis is training for the fight with Leo and Rocky decides to use the old trick that Mick used on him, which is catching the chicken. (laughs) This I had this one dead as well. <laughs> yeah. And Adonis is like struggling in the beginning because he's like trying to figure it out. And Rocky's like laughing, like "aha, you think this is easy?" And then Adonis just catches the chicken. He's like, "Oh, I did it!" And Rocky goes, uh, uh, "Chickens must have gotten slower, or something like that. Or <laughs> I think chickens, chickens have are got slower. slower." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that 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 was really funny. Um, then when he's really teaching adonis and you know this is this is actually an interesting tactic i i don't know if this is like a real tactic or not but he puts adonis in front of the mirror and he basically says if you throw a jab i'd actually forgotten about this This is really good yeah yeah what do you see coming coming back and adonis is like well another jab coming he's like yeah right so if you throw the jab you have to slip the one that's coming and so he has Adonis shadow box in front of the mirror to actually defend his own punches coming back at him. And so the way that Rocky introduces this is he says, you see this guy here, that's the toughest toughest opponent you're ever going to have to face. I believe that's true in the ring, and I be, and I think that's true in life. And you hear this all the time. In uh, you know, Jay Z has a has a line that has always stuck out to me in his uh, one of one of his songs where he goes, "I look in the mirror, my only opponent." And the idea that you know the, the our, that our own hurdles in life are ourselves is actually something that I think resonates with a lot of people. All right, Donnie,
0: get into your stance. Make a small target. Turn sideways, okay. You see this guy here staring back at you? Yeah. That's your toughest opponent. Every time you get into the ring, that's who you're going against. I believe that in boxing, and I do believe that in life. Okay? And throw a jab in the jaw. All right, one to the gut. Now, every time you punch this guy, what's he doing? Start one back at him. That's right. So either you block it, slip it, or get out of the way. So. <laughs>
1: And so, just this idea of it's—it's it's really man versus himself or woman versus herself in a lot of our conflicts. Not like you know, we we, we talked about Rocky Balboa in, in our last podcast of like you know, Rock Rocky becomes like this f- philosophical person because he's lived all of these experiences, and, and you know, boxing in of in and of itself is a great metaphor for life. But this is another one where it's like, ah, oh, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And so, you know, it's not only in boxing, but it's also kind of in life. Like if you look at life in that way, I think that, I think that speaks to a lot of people. All right, so this one's a little. This one's kind of just a, a short one. But uh, when he talks about Paulie, you know, he said, "Yeah, Paulie was my best friend, even though he wasn't so friendly." Like that one. Yeah, that, that, one that was the one laugh. that I,
2: I had on my <laughs> list as well.
1: And so, uh, as they're getting into the the fight with uh, with Ricky Conlan, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about that fight right now. You know, Rocky wants to stop the fight because Adonis's left eye is completely closed. Like he just gets knocked to hell in the eleventh round, and Rocky wants to stop it. And part of it is because of what you said. Like you know, he allowed Apollo to go into that last round uh, or in that second round, and and, and that caused him to uh, get killed in the ring. And Rocky's like, you know, I, I can't let it happen to you. And Adonis is, is like, I got to prove it. And Rocky's like, prove what? And Adonis says, prove that I'm not a mistake. You are up on the cards.
0: You're winning this. You are going to win this. But just keep smart and keep away from me. He's it. going to sleep this time. He's going out this round. I should have stopped this Don't, father? I'm stopping this one now. Don't, okay? Let me finish. I got to prove it. Prove what? I'm not a mistake. Me. I never got a chance to thank Apollo for helping me out after Mickey died. But it's nothing compared to what you've done. You taught me how to fight again, and I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna fight this thing. But if I fight, I want you to fight too. I want you to go across this ring and knock that son of a bitch down. Can you do it? Say it. you am gonna knock that son of a bitch down. I know you are. You know why? Because you're a creed and I love you, kid. Go
1: and that line, like, that just, it's just such a short thing. But that really, really plays into the last round and just uh, re- really brilliant stuff. All right, what about you? Um, Yeah, just a,
2: f- a few other ones. Like, the one I mentioned uh, the, where, you know, Rocky's talking about beating Apollo and just saying time takes everyone out, it's undefeated. Like, it's, you know, the line we've, heard used before but i just really liked it in that context yeah um another one that i just think kind of a sweet scene is like um where um you know where uh, donnie's going to move to Rockies and he's getting into the and bianca's looking out the window at them and you know he goes oh i'm going to live with my uncle uncle for a while and Rocky invites her over over to come over for dinner and, and that and, you know, gets back into the the car and, uh, you know, she's kind of looking at Adonis and she's like, when were you going to tell me uh, your, your uncle with Rocky Balboa? <laughs> and it, yeah. it, it, I, I, I like that. I, I like that. for and then There's kind of another one that from Bianca later on when she's looking at the phone and she finds out that, you know, he, that Adonis is who he is. And she's like, okay, so your dad's the most famous fighter of all time. Like kind of, why didn't you tell me that type of thing? I just like how they kind of, they build, they, they build that legacy around the, fighter, the characters that they've created like you know particularly in that one where, where like she sees Rocky outside her house They're like this is the most famous guy mm-hmm. from, from her, her, her city and she like she can't believe that he's just kind of rocked up with her, her new boyfriend yeah um yeah another one from Bianca is the one again that that we t- we, t- we talked about in your favourite scenes which is uh, use the name it's yours and yeah there's also a, a, like you know a, a little a, just kind of rocky being his kind of charming rocky self when he's you know he's in when he's you know he's sick and he goes to the hospital and you know the nurse asks him is this the first time you've fallen and he's like eh, first time i've fallen without being punched yeah
1: <laughs> yeah totally
2: and uh, then yeah and the, 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 the last one is just Donny's line, which is, which I've mentioned already, it's like if I fight, you fight. He says, like I'm not taking it. I'm I'm not taking taking the fight, in, in unless you 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 take the treat
1: tr- treatment. Yeah, and they use that in the marketing a lot. They used. They also used uh, one step, uh, one punch, one round at a time, or something like that. Like they like they created some slogans for the marketing of this film as well. That that was that was pretty. It's pretty good. The the way that they did that. Okay, so let's talk about these fight scenes and the training scenes, and and by extension the music. So, the uh, there's there's two fights in this film. So obviously, uh, Adonis against Leo, and there's a small Just tri- something to, something to note on that. Uh, they
2: use three fighters from from at the time from three different weight class in in this. Uh, G- Gabe Rosado, who's who's Leo is was a middleweight. You know, at the time he'd just recently come off middleweight title fights with uh, Golovkin and Peter Quillen. Uh, Andrew Ward was obviously you know the super middleweight champion, just about to move up to light heavyweight. And Tony Bellew was uh, a cruiserweight, cruiser, like you know a light heavyweight. He was just just moved up to cruiserweight and was mm-hmm. establishing himself there. So they use three uh, three different weight deficient fighters. And I guess, like, one of the questions I was going to ask you on this was, like, they make this fight in the light heavyweight division, and they make Adonis a light heavyweight. And I was wondering what your thoughts were on that, or why the reasoning was to do that and not not go as a heavyweight as, like, you know, Rocky had been and Apollo had been.
1: I think it's because Adonis himself, uh, Michael B. Jordan, like... If he so for Creed Two, he bulks up even more. Like he gets gigantic in Creed Two. And so, while he doesn't have the height of a head of a heavyweight, he does have enough bulk to where you're like, okay, I could actually see that. he's He's a smaller heavyweight, But here he's still kind of coming into his body. and you know he gets for 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 this movie and for Black Panther and for uh, Creed Two, he does gain the weight. I think if you make him a heavyweight here, uh, he looks small, even, you know, Tony Bellew would be a small heavyweight as well. So I just think for the uh, the realism and, you know, Andre Ward, if Andre Ward's going to be in it, like he doesn't look like a heavyweight either. So I think it was for for uh, I think it was probably for the better, but it does stand out because the whole series of Rocky has been about heavyweight boxing um but yeah no i it's something that stu- stood out to me as well i think they kind of fixed that in in rocky 2 or I, i'm sorry in creed 2 where he does move up to heavyweight he and andre ward and andre ward does not look good as a heavyweight <laughs> okay so like i said two fights here so you get a little small training sequence that is a little bit more traditional rocky training uh sequence with uh training for the uh, the fight with leo but when they do the actual it's using the the, the, the naz song
2: bridging the gap Isn't yes that one? yes yes and um yeah and it, like uh, yeah as i said th- said we we're re- recapping uh the film you know the thing i liked about this is as well is that like you know rocky was it did really look like rocky was taking like a very raw prospect and kind of bringing him along
1: Mhm. And so the second one is much different than what we're used to. They use a, a meek mill song called Lord Knows. So this isn't like the Conti, the you know the Bill Conti songs that we would normally see in in these in this. This is a this is this kind of shows you that okay, this is Creed. This is not Rocky. We're going to use a rap song from a Philly rapper in and we're going to show sequences of philadelphia and they they have the they have the bikers the the little motorbikes and instead of the the children running with rocky in rocky 2 instead donnie tells all the guys on the bikes like come on like let's go and so as he's running they're zipping around on their bikes and doing wheelies and stuff which rocky explains uh, a little earlier in in the movie that that's just kind of like a thing with philly like everyone's on their their little bikes so i was going to ask you what did you think about this as an effective rocky training montage it's it's much different but it has its own little you know its own little callbacks but you know just it's it's not a conventional rocky kind of song it's a rap song
2: yeah, well, like it, as it starts out, it starts out with a piece of music from Ludwig Gornsson, uh If I fight, you fight, which does sound quite Rocky influence, and then it kind of transitions into uh, the Lord knows, um, which is which is which is also m- m- meshed up with one of Göransson's G- numbers, uh, fighting stronger, which. Kind of has aspects of the Rocky team as well. It is a little bit different, but I think what it kind of do- what this kind of does is it kind of serves two two purposes. You know, as 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 we talked about, it, it's like like they're telling that story is is it like if I fight, you fight, and you know you're you're seeing Rocky go through the treatment. At the same time, while Ro- while Donny's preparing for the fight, and while you know you see Conlon working with uh, t- 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 Tommy Holiday, um, you know, and then you see you know see things like which is I just thought was kind of cool as well. is like you see Rocky, you know, in bed in hospital, looking at you know the iPad or whatever, and you can see that him and Donny are reviewing the fight footage and they're they're coming up with with a strategy, and like things like that, which I think is really cool. And I, I think the bike part. I think this there's kind of two par- things, two parts of this. One of them is like it's just after, just after, you know, Rocky has that like discussion with Donny about um, it, like stepping out of the shadow and just kind of like you know forgiving Apollo or what, 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 or let, letting the the the, the, the like whatever is like eating him up go. Mm-hmm. You know, the next scene, you see him sitting outside the gym. You know, I think he, he think he's locked out. He can't get in. And one of the guys rides up on his bike and he says to him, I hear you're Apollo Creed's son. And Donnie says, yes. And, you know, he had been so hostile about mm-hmm. it before, you know, it's kind of the Rocky's got true to him and he's accepted who he is and he's moving on and, you know, creating his own legacy. And then I think the bit with the bikes is just kind of that, like, in the same way Philadelphia embraced Rocky, they're now kind of, they're taken to, to Donnie as, you know, as, as their, their own
1: son as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, 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 that's, a, that's a really good way of looking at it. Okay, so now the two fights. So the first fight is with Gabe Rosado. The fight is shot in one take. They did 13 takes, but the entire two-round sequence is just shot in the way, with the camera, the way that they did the camera, which I thought was very interesting. And I'm not exactly sure why they did it that way. I didn't read why Kugler decided to do it that way. But so you have this continuous motion and and you're not editing. And so there's not these shots of different angles. It's literally the same shot of the first two rounds. Uh, And I I think it works really well. Um, It almost looks a little bit on a, um, like I almost feel like as a viewer, like you're a little bit on this like teeter totter or on this swivel, just the way that the guys move. But I thought it was a pretty cool way to shoot the fight. They don't—they don't shoot it exactly the same way for the fight with uh, Creed and Conlon. But what did you think about the way that they shot that?
2: Um, I think it's like—I think the first thing is it's—it's it's definitely different, which is probably good um, because you don't want to compare yourself um, to what's come before. Like it doesn't feel like a traditional Rocky fight, and I don't think the one with Conlon d- does either it's not my favorite or like neither of these fights are my favorite in the series um i think they're kind of a little bit and uh, maybe part of this is that like you know Sloane is not in the ring directly himself and Mm -hmm. you know he he doesn't have control on the action as much but it feels more like a cinematic fight scene to me than it does trying to be a, a dramatized version of boxing would you
1: agree with that yeah, that's interesting. I think, you know, they, they definitely tried to make it a little bit more realistic. And that's, you know, that's why you have uh you know, you have the real fighters in there. Um you know what's interesting, and, and we'll talk about this in a second, but I know you really liked the fight with Mason Dixon because it was sort of rough and it wasn't smooth and it wasn't clean, but this fight. Was really clean, like
2: every- that, 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 that. That was actually exactly where I was going with this. You know, uh, it's. It, I think because that's the last fight next to this one. It's a kind of a j- jarring. It's pretty jarring transition.
1: Yeah, yeah. So and and that I'm sure that has everything to do with Stallone's sort of style versus how they wanted to to do this. Um, the so the next fight with with Conlon. I think there there's some really interesting things about it and and, you know one of my favorites is adonis goes down to a knee and he gets the count i was so happy to see it he 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 takes the count by going down to a knee which is you know real real boxing rules um and there are some instances during the fight where sort of a a little bit of a throwback but their own version of this throwback is in previous rockies Uh, i think they started this in rocky two where they would go to a slow motion for some of the bigger the, the the to to enhance the drama, and they do the same thing here for some of the the stuff, but then they dim the background, and they mute the scene. Except there there's a contrast, so they dim the background, they 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 mute the scene. For stuff when Adonis is taking a beating, but then when it's when it's Conlin's corner doing stuff, you can hear them, and it and it's more it's like uh, the the picture's normal speed, but just the contrast of that. I don't I didn't like the dimming of the scene, but they did similar things in um, in Rocky Balboa where they where you they went to a little bit of a, like a black and white thing. But what was your thought on that? it? Kind of is a little jarring to me, kind of out of the blue. They only did it for a little bit, and then they didn't do it again. What did you think about the way that they shot that?
2: Yeah, I didn't really like uh, th- th- that effect that much. Is and it's kind of just this w- this weird th- thing where they're focusing in on like you know they will focus in on Bianca in the crowd and and then they'll cut to like you know the ice bucket or it just it's it's just like I don't know it it just it, it like it it does feel quite cinematic and di- different and I think that's that, that aspect aspects of it's good but I I didn't like it as as much as the kind of like. You know the, the the rough cut you got you got in Rocky Balboa. Um, something that's gonna note about this fight. Um, Donnie's music, walk-in music, is Hail Mary mm-hmm. by Tupac. Um, Ricky Conlon's music is Don't Waste My Time by Crept Conan, which was uh, a big. Grime song of, of around that time, so it kind of it would kind of make sense that you know a British boxer might y- y- use that as his walk in. And um, another thing that I noticed about this fight that's a little bit different than the other ones is they use Lampley a lot to tell the story, the narrative of the, of the fight. Like mm-hmm. you, he, like he's filling you in on like of what's happening between the rounds. Like when they're showing you these short clips of rounds, he's kind of telling you what the story is of the fight, which they ha- never really did that in any of the other ones. I don't think.
1: So the um Creed gets knocked loopy in the 11th. He goes down hard. And this is a really beautiful shot. Now, it is sort of what we said that we didn't like about this, but I think this specific the way that he gets knocked down is like your like it, 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 the way the how it comes to be, you don't see it coming. And when it happens, it's just like, "Oh my God, what the hell!" And it it was so it was very shocking. And okay, is, yeah,
2: what I think is yeah, what I think is what they did did do very well in this, and what you're saying about it being shocking is, like you know, Don, Donny obviously they have that part early part of the fight where he is being dominated, but. At the time of this knockdown, it looks like he's starting to turn the fight back in his favor. He's Mm -hmm. starting to break him down to to the body, kind of like you would see Rocky do in the previous films. And you feel like, okay, now he's taking over the fight. So when that knockdown comes, it
1: is really shocking. Like, you you aren't actually expecting it at all. And it's silent. Conlon is celebrating the knockout. Like, before Creed even hits the ground... Conlon goes to the ropes and he's like, has his arms raised. And so Adonis in his mind goes through a few different scenes from when, from when Marianne came to uh, take him home from his first date with Bianca. And then he sees his dad in, in the fight with Rocky from the, the first Rocky. And when he sees his dad in, in the fight, he kind of jumps up, his eyes get really bright. He jumps up, and he's good, and and he gets up, he beats the count, and he finishes the round. Now, what I liked about the finishing of this round is he went from being knocked out to awake, and he did not win the rest of this round. He still took a beating, so that was that was yeah. Nice. And, it lo- and and they were kind of they were kind of teasing that
2: like. This could be stopped, you know. Mm. Like you know, he, you know he's he he's he's got to get to that bell because you know this could be stopped. Maybe Rocky's going to throw in the tail. Something along those lines could
1: happen. So Rocky wants it stopped. Uh, the 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 referee calls in the doctor, and Adonis can't see because his left eye is absolutely swollen shut. So the doctor is putting his fingers in front of Adonis, saying like, "How how many fingers do you do you see?" And Stitch taps Adonis on the back of his neck for every number of fingers that is that is there. So he sees four fingers. Adonis can't see the four fingers. Stitch taps him on, on the back of his neck four times. He says four. Then he puts up two fingers. Stitch taps him on the back of the neck two times. And Adonis says two. So that was a an interesting touch to get around the the situation. I don't know if that actually does that happen in boxing? I I, I don't I, I don't know. If I have made I've that heard, up.
2: No, I I've, I've heard her her that said a good, a good number of times, so there, there there
1: was some research in that one. Yeah, that was a that was a really nice scene I thought. I thought it was a, it's, it's just, you know, when, when you're tying all of the loose ends, like stuff like that just makes the movie so much better. So, uh so Adonis has a hell of a 12th round. With one second left in the 12th round, he puts Conlon down. All Conlon has to do is beat the count to theoretically keep his title.
2: Okay, and- there's, there's something I like about this as well. That's another new finish they haven't used in a, in a previous uh, a, a, any of the previous films. And yeah, it, it, it does kind of make you play on your mind. It's like, is he going to stay down? and I, 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 and Donnie's going to win this, or you know, because like the the the, the commentators let you know, it's like he can't be safe for the bell even in the twelfth and final round. So the time the time limit is up. So it's just a case of can uh, Ricky Conlon get get up? Because you know from watching the fight that like if he does, Donnie's lost this bout.
1: The only thing I don't like about this, and I, I I should I I won't even put this in my pet peeves is that is telling us the story that basically all Ricky, ha- if, if Ricky can just get up, he's going to clearly win the fight. But when it gets to the decision, he only wins a split decision. And so I thought that, I thought they should have had um, a wider score. A card. wider, yeah. Well, I mean, m- maybe the, maybe the scorecards could be a little bit closer, but unanimous decision fits the story better than a split decision, unless... Lampley then says, "You know, yeah, one judge was a little bit off, but you know, this is exactly what we thought. Because they didn't say that, I thought they should have had it as a unanimous decision."
2: Yeah, I think I think the reason why they did go with it is because they just wanted to mirror the Rocky one end. Yeah, yeah, totally, I agree. Um, but you. just just to go into that twelve round as well, it's like they use probably my favorite piece of music that you know that they 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 that was uh made for the for this film it's it's a song called "Your Creed" and it samples um gonna fly now Mm -hmm. and going the distance and they use that as the as like the the dramatic closer of
1: of the 12th round and you know i think it works really really well yeah that that was that was a really nice touch um and so conlon knowing that he's gonna go away for some time he tells he tells creed that you know he he he's done the name proud and that he is the future of the division and it was a, that was a, that was a pretty nice touch because you know most of the time in boxing like these guys are just you know the the, the training and the preparation they're almost like a uh you know a you know we, uh, marvin agler talked about you know Almost like in jail. And so when you're when you're done with the fight and, and you're you're completely spent, you you've put all this time in, usually at the end of the fights, the guys are just like, Oh, I'm so happy to be done with this. And all of that pre-fight hype stuff is gone. And so to see Conlin come over and say, All those nice things to Creed was kind of like I, I thought was a good touch as well that's sort of how it works in general I know people get mad because they're like oh like they didn't really hate each other but like think about that that think about the training and everything that you do and the dieting and and, and everything and you're finally done with it why why would anybody be mad unless they you know unless they felt like they got ripped off or something.
2: And and it's very Tony bellew as well, which is the other thing I liked about it. Like I I was talking about earlier early in his career and like how he kinda of played the fill in a lot a lot uh in those early fights in his career. And, you know, kind of the the connecting team in most of them was like, you know, at the end he would go in the ring and do his interview and put the other guy over like mm-hmm. what, what a great competitor he was after you know like people be, kind of swing back to ah you know he's <laughs> not such a bad guy and that's what he did in this one yeah uh, the
1: only the, on, the only person who seemingly uh just stays angry after the fights is uh, nate diaz he's he's the one that doesn't doesn't allow himself to to be okay after and so yeah, so Tony got 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 the win in this, and you know he he got the
2: win against Makavu. So he's he's two two and zero at Goodison Park.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a good, good arena for him. Okay, so uh, like you mentioned, uh, Ludwig Gorensen does does the score, and so he's the third person to score. One of these films, so Bill Conti we've mentioned, and Vince DiCola from Rocky Four, and you know, like you said, he added a little bit of the uh, of those touches, interpolations to uh, to make this uh, to make some of the songs here, and on the soundtrack,
2: very hip. hop interested in. I'm interested in your take on this.
1: So very hip hop heavy. There's a Future song, there's a Mil Meek song, there's the classic Groots uh, song that you mentioned, there's Bridging the Gap, and there's Hail Mary, and Joey Badass. Now, I wondered what the goal was here, because we, we've talked about where Rocky Five kind of takes the turn with the soundtrack. Rocky Balboa also had a different soundtrack, and they went full-on hip-hop for this soundtrack, it was not necessarily a hit. I think it on the Billboard 200 it peaked at like 107 or something. And and I don't imagine like you know licensing Roots Nas and Tupac were were was cheap in any way. So you know they put some money into it to to make sure that those songs were on here. But you know I I just wonder for a movie like this if uh, you know the soundtrack it was almost like they made the soundtrack more for the realism of what they wanted to present Philadelphia to be rather than to actually sell a ton of records. I don't know, but but they do have some really good artists and and artists that are um you know that are very 2015.
2: Yeah, like I my thought on this is right as far as the mu- music in the film itself, I think it's great. Um I think the Gordonson stuff as I said, it's very rocky influenced and it it fits very well. Um, I also like uh, the use of Tessa Thompson's songs. I think mm-hmm. that's an, mm-hmm. a nice little touch that you have this character who's a singer and then she has her own three songs in you know, a Grip, Breed and um, Shed You. Like, I think that's like a really nice aspect to it. And then there's like the songs that they use for the scenes I think are really fitting. Like Bridging the Gap and The Fire I think are both really well used. Like, they're, they're, they're the right songs thematically. Where I find it like doesn't hold up as well is if you actually listen to the soundtrack it's as a standalone soundtrack like some of the some of the songs on it just thematically don't really fit with the film at all um like you know you mentioned like meek Mill and um future like those songs to me and like I'm sure people will kind of give me grief over it. It's like, you only like, you only like the old rappers, but you like the Roots, you like the Naz. You, 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 which is like, uh, like, I make no bones about it. Like, my favourite period of rap is like kind of 90s era rap. But I know, I, I, I thought like both of those, the Nas and the, the Roots songs, were very fitting with what they were showing in the movie. And I thought t- like, you know, some of the other ones were just maybe that, as you said, they were 2015 stars you know they wanted to, to get some star names on, or you know on the soundtrack and you know they were more just about like who who can we get you know that's that's popular as opposed to what fits what fits film so yeah it, as as it goes as it's used in the actual movie itself i think it's really good as a as a soundtrack it's probably i think it's one of my least favorites
1: mm-hmm yeah, no, I would agree with that. And look, I mean the point of it all is they're just hoping that one of those songs actually catches on and then if it does, then they sell more of those records. but I don't think that they expected to sell a ton of the a ton of those uh, those uh, downloads for for that soundtrack. Okay, so let's talk about you know, some of the trivia some of the facts, the behind the scenes kind of stuff., uh, one of the things I thought was so interesting. Is that when when Creed when, when when Creed begins? Sylvester Stallone is the same age in Creed as Burgess Meredith was in the original Rocky. They're both sixty nine years old. That's crazy because I didn't Mer- know that. That's crazy. Yeah, because you- Meredith looked way older than that. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Like it, you, know, you'd think
2: like there's a fifteen year difference if you'd put them side by side.
1: Yeah, so uh, you know, and and I'll, I'll, I will I I grabbed that somewhere but, you know, I I just realized that it was yeah, kind of uh no, it's absolutely right. I just validated the the age. Burgess Meredith born in 1907 and uh Rocky was 76, 1976. So that's right there, 69 years of age. Um and so then uh next piece of uh information, the only Rocky film Stallone didn't write. He wrote every other one except for Creed. And I think he actually does have... Does he have a writing credit on Creed 2? I haven't done the full research for that one yet. But I think he has some... He participates in some of the writing for Creed 2, doesn't he? I, I'm not sure. I haven't checked that, that, that one yet either. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely validate that by the next podcast. Um, Ryan Coogler had to actually talk Stallone into reprising the role. After how long it took him to get Rocky Balboa made. I think he was kind of like, I don't know if I want to revisit that again and and go through all of those things I had to do to get that movie remade. But Kugler's like, look, we got it. Like, you know, I, I got it. it I, I'm doing all the heavy lifting here. I just need you to, you know, to act and, and to be Rocky Balboa again. And I'm sure because it's Stallone's creation, I'm sure there was also this part of like, oh my gosh, am I really going to put this thing in the hands of somebody else? And what we got out of it was maybe Stallone's best acting performance since the original Rocky.
2: Well, what's a testament to that? And this is an amazing story in itself is, you know, Stallone's got, got Oscar nominated for like best actor, best screenplay, uh, you know, for the original Rocky. And then his next Oscar nominee is th- this movie as best supporting actor. I will say I was and he won the Golden Globe for as Yeah,
1: he won the Golden Globe. Yeah, for the well. Golden Globe. I was so I, I didn't expect him to win, though there was talk that he could win. Particularly
2: like uh, people look at the Golden Globe as a, a good barometer for where right. the Oscars
1: going as well. But I, I, like I was watching that Oscars going like, OK, come on, we need this. We need this. we need And he didn't win. But oh, well. But uh, um, yeah, what you were saying about kind of creatively,
2: like I I, I i heard that you know sloan had been working on ideas for a seven film for a while and he just couldn't make anything work with it until he had that kind of that conversation with Kugler and you know he he went into it as he said apprehensive but you know he, he heard, heard him out and like he thought like this guy has really good ideas and you know i think i think it was actually Irwin winkler was a big big fan of Kugler's um, pre- previous film the the Fruitful Station uh-huh. film that you made, and you know, I think maybe that's where they who connected them, perhaps, and, and got that uh, that conversation started. But when Sly heard him out on it, he was like, you know, no, we 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 should do this. You know, this is this
1: this guy is the right man for the job. So from the box office perspective, they outshot the original thirty million um, expectation projection. Uh, and I think they did 42 in the first weekend. So I think once they saw uh, what they did, it was either in the premiere or like maybe like the, the 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 night that it debuted and they saw that it was doing much bigger business than they expected. I think they were even able to possibly get it into a few more theaters over that weekend, but they did, they overshot the projection. Uh, they almost made all of their money back for the budget in that first week. And so it would go on to do 109 million in North America, 63.8 million internationally, for 173 million worldwide gross off of a 35 million dollar budget. Oh, so they did beat it. They beat. They beat the. the they beat their budget on uh, the first week. Um, and yeah, 173 million. So, where would it rank in the Rocky universe? It ranks underneath the first four films because those were gigantic worldwide, uh, but not very far under. Rocky 2 made 200 million worldwide, Creed makes 173 million worldwide, and it beats out Balboa, uh, and it beats out, uh, Rocky 5. So, still did good, good money, at least in North America, it, uh, you know, it, it beat out Rocky Balboa by almost forty million itself. So, really successful. And yeah, and
2: as again, as you said again, it's it, it it's kind of the same the same old story that we've had to all these films. In like, you know, they they didn't have the biggest budget in the world, and they they over massively overachieved.
1: Yeah, and I mean, in, in they they would get more money because of the success. They would get a bigger budget for Creed Two, um, which they would also do very well with. Okay, so um, you mentioned the deleted scenes, and there's two in particular I wanted to talk about. We should talk about them here. I had the, I have the Blu-ray of the DVD. I let uh, my, I, I let somebody borrow it. And I've been able to get it back, so I had to actually rent this film on iTunes to watch it again. But I didn't, you know, you don't get the the deleted scenes, and I'm sure I've seen all these deleted scenes again, but I don't really remember them. So I wanted to uh, let you tell the the deleted scenes that you thought mattered for this one
2: okay so there's about 20 minutes worth of deleted scenes so there's a lot of, a lot of extra footage and as i said the runtime of this film was already quite l- l- like the longest out of the whole series so i can see why they ha- probably cut some down but there's two in particular that i thought were really really good one of them is after after Donnie has the I, well, like this is the scene where I, I fall. I, I imagine it was going to fall into, uh, in in the timeline of the film. It's like after Donny's t- had the, the the conversation with uh, t- Tommy Holiday about taking the fight, he calls Marianne on the phone, and she's asking him about his career, and he's telling her that you know we we and Rock were doing some do good stuff and I won my first fight and all that and you know she's just kinda of wishing him well or whatever and he brings up that, you know, I wanted to ask you about the about the name because there's I've been there's a fight being offered to me but they'll they'll only let me do it if I use the name and seeing as it's yours, can I can I use it? Can I have permission I want, I wanted to do, I didn't want to do it without getting your go ahead. And Marianne says to him, "Look, it's your name as well. You're you you are you, just as entitled to it a, 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 as I am. Like if you want to use it, go ahead, use it." And she asks, "Who the fight is with?" And he kind of mumbles the way <laughs> the way a kid mumbles to their parent when you don't want them to don't, don't really want to answer something. He's like Conlon, and then she's go. Ricky Conlon, and like she's kind of knows straight away that like you know she knows who this. It's like, not like who is Ricky Conlon. She knows well who this guy is, and yeah. that that Donny's in trouble. And she's like, "Look, I don't care about, I don't care about you using the name, but I do care about you. Do You know how dangerous d- this guy is." And they kind of have a little bit of an argument over that. I thought that was a really, really good scene, and I thought it would t- t- it would have like led itself to staying
1: in the movie. All right. Well, what's what's the second one?
2: Okay, the other one is the one that I mentioned, that, you know, I I kind of feel parallels Mick scene in Rocky Five, where he tells Rocky that he's his reason for going on, or you know, that he maybe he still wouldn't be around if Rocky what w- wasn't there and doing as well as he could. Rocky goes to Adrian and Paulie's grave, and. You know, he's t- telling them about kind of the argument he had with Donny, and he's talking about how Donny doesn't have anybody, have anybody else, and he's like, you know, I kind of let him down, but you know, I see a lot of, I see a lot of myself in him. You know, he's a good kid, and he needs somebody to guide him, and I want to be there for him. And it's, he says it in a way as kind of like, so if you don't mind, I'm gonna hang around for. A little, a little while more, and see see this see this story true with him. And yeah, it's, it's it's just it's just very much the same thing. It's like it's Rocky making that decision that he is going to fight, and he's he is going to t- take the treatment, and you know he's going to try uh, be there for 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 Donnie going into the this tile fight. You know, and I, I like that's another one that I thought was would have really added something to, to, to the overall film.
1: That is an interesting one. I don't remember that one. Um, and it, and it makes me wonder, like, like that scene in of itself makes it seem like he would almost rather be gone than be living. Right. Like that, like not, not that he wants to kill himself, but well, the, not like that he, he embraces, w- he embraces the idea that soon enough they're going to be together again. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I'm, I was supposed to get the DVD back. Last week before the movie, but I didn't get it back, so I, I'm just going to need to rewatch all of those deleted scenes before we we do Creed two. Okay, so quickly have some questions for you, um, and uh, we're in the last uh, few segments here before we we get out of here. So we're going to do our rankings when we get to the epilogue of this after we do Creed two, but at this point, you've rewatched all of the films except for the last one do you feel like creed is on par with the original rocky
2: not with the original rocky but i will say right watching this back i absolutely adored this film um i had it's one of the things like i think because you know, this is a One like these. I know, it's, this is something like as well that we we talked about off air. That like I this I hadn't seen this film or the next one since I'd seen it in the cinema. Mm-hmm. And just because it hasn't built the familiarity because it's newer, and just because the way we take in media as well is different, that you don't, we're probably never going to see this one as many times as you did with any of the other ones. I guess like over the years since I've watched this, it kind of dulled how much i actually liked it in my memory because when i was watching this back i just thought it is a brilliant film and i think you know how many scenes we just talked about there when we were talking about our favorite scene is kind of a testament to that like we we must have talked about eight or nine mm-hmm. different just fantastic c- scenes in in this movie and there's just
1: so much to like about it i agree i i'm not going to give away my rankings here but uh you know it if Rocky is the best one, like this one, isn't that far behind it. And it, it's just, um, you know, we, I mean, we just talked about it, like just the tying of all these loose ends and explaining things that maybe don't get explained in a movie like Rocky four, Rocky five, where we're, where we're kind of like putting it together in our own head. We don't have to do that with this film because they almost tie together everything so well. So I will also say that on a rewatchability scale, this one is 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 pretty up there, too. Just uh, because I've seen it. so I saw it like you did in the theaters. but I saw it twice in the theaters. and then I saw it uh, two times when it came out on video. And so then I saw it another time about six months ago when um, you know when when I wanted to show uh, my wife some of this stuff before we even thought about doing this podcast. And so this is like the sixth time that I've seen it. and, There's stuff that I just continue to pick up every single time that I watch it that uh, a lot of stuff that we explained already. Um, Okay, so another question is, do do you think in today's internet with the world of news traveling, would Adonis Creed be able to keep this secret away from the media for as long as he did if this were sort of, the real media,
2: um, it, like th- the only th- way I could see it happening is that just if he's just completely off the radar, and you know the way they present that is like he's fighting in small local fights in mm-hmm. Mexico, so it just maybe like because you do kind of find that sometimes with boxing that like there's stories that have been out for a long time that, like, you know, the boxing media know, but don't pop up in the mainstream media for years until, like, somebody kind of makes a big breakthrough and, like, they're present- it's presented as news at that point. Uh, it, this kind of touches on something that I was going to ask you, which is, did, like, are you to believe that, Pete Ferrino stooged off Donnie <laughs> after telling after after telling Rocky he wasn't going to do it. Or do you just think like if Pete found it out, so like you know, so would everybody else? Once you know Donny was fighting on this kind of bigger stage, he had Rocky in his corner. If he could find
1: it out, other people would do the research, and somebody somebody in the press just found it out. So I, I, I was looking at this three different ways. The first way is Pete is so mad at Rocky for. Ruining his son's, um, you know, his son's prospect uh, of of undefeated record. Right? You, you, you didn't tell me how good Baby Creed was. I was gonna, you know, we're we're supposed to walk through Creed on our way up, and Rocky kept that to himself. So I thought, okay, maybe that's why he's gonna, you know, he doesn't want that to happen to anybody else. But the other way to look at it is is that um, he because. Like you, like you said, because he wins this fight, that other people start looking into it. The reason why I hope it is that way and not the other way is because the, the third, the third thing is, I hope that he didn't do that. Because if we believe he is running Rocky's gym, they have some sort of business agreement together, and it is for the the best case scenario is for them to go, oh, you know, yeah, Adonis Creed works out at Mighty Mix, and so does my son, and you know they're going to fight again, and, and and something. So I hope it is the fact that the media just did their did their jobs, and and did it like some local Philadelphia, you know, sports reporter who was covering the fight, then decided to dig into the history a little more when he's writing his story.
2: Yeah, I think the, possibly the way they presented it is they want you to kind of ask those questions because you know when Rocky has the conversation before the fight with Pete. He's like, you're, you're, he's kind of like, you're You're going to keep this a secret, right, Pete? And Pete's like, oh, yeah, of course. And there's kind of that feeling of sh- should you believe him or should you not believe him? And I suppose you can take it whichever way you want. You could take it that maybe he was going to keep the secret and then, like, Sarah Grapes he is a sore loser. And after the fight, like, he's like, oh, I'm just going to tell the pre- pre- press now out of just, like, bitterness or whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah okay so this is the one the question i've been saving to you is what did you think of the liverpool setting because they don't play it up that much you don't see adonis and rocky you know going to liverpool around. already right you like like it's just the setting of the fight because Bellew is the a side um like but, there there is, there is things about like like obviously you see the arena and yes. you know and, and it,
2: you, you see the football shirts hanging up in the background when they when they're in the dress, dressing rooms and things like that. I think it was shot after a Premier League league game during during the season. So I I I, I didn't hear about like how, what crowd they used if they if they if they got people from the crowd to stay on after the game or what whatever. But yeah, I think it is more just the case of like probably two things in that one one side of it is that like they're probably looking at you know at this time big stadium fights were happening in the uk all the time so it, it, it kind of would, it was tying into reality a little bit and I, I think the second thing is that just as you said it's creating that unfamiliarity for adonis like he has to go away and fight this guy in his own backyard and making it a bit bit a bit bigger of a mountain to climb even though it's already a huge mountain with being like the much more less experienced
1: fighter yeah they didn't play up the fish out of water thing as much as they did with rocky 4 obviously russia and the us are not on the same side <laughs> And you know England and, and the U.S. you know there's lots of crossover in in uh, in there, so it's not it's not like there's this uh, there's this reason to make it feel like England was this villainous place or anything. So I, I just thought you know I, I would have liked to see a version of this film where. Adonis and Rocky maybe even have to train a little bit and 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 just you know be in a little bit of a different world. but I can also see why it is literally just the setting for the fight. I, I would I would have liked to see another version of this where they play up uh, Liverpool a little bit more and you get to see more stuff about the area. Uh, okay, last one, actually I have two more is Adonis Creed a bigger underdog? In this fight, than Rocky was against Apollo.
2: Um, that's hard to say. Because on one hand, you have like... With Rocky, it was, was kind of a known entity. And, you know, he, like he was kind of a known entity that was... You know, people had seen as what, what they thought was his ceiling. So I suppose in one sense... You kind of like if you put in a guy who's got a bunch of losses on his record with a world champion, the odds makers are going to give him pretty much no chance. And um, if you put in a guy who's completely unheralded, they're probably going to give him very little chance. Mm-hmm. But I suppose with Adonis's thing, at least like he has just knocked off a very, very highly thought of prospect. You know, he's he's got just beaten a guy who's considered, you know, a, a future contender. So he's got something to bite into. So I think probably Rocky, you know, being the aging fighter who's kind of already shown his hand would probably be the bigger underdog.
1: I think you're right. And I think the way that Vegas, I think Vegas markets this fight in a way to get as much money on Creed as possible Um or not not as much money as possible, but they they they're, they're they're they would be able to market it in a way that they would be able to bring the odds down to where it would not be a bad bet for Creed to win,, uh, you know, if the odds were good. So I, I think they would be able to stir up a lot of money on the Creed side just for being, you know, just for doing the how Vegas usually does this. Okay. so last question for me is, did having the real the the real fighters like uh ward and belu and rosado did it make the rocky universe feel more realistic because we talked about in in previous episodes how you know rocky balboa like you know it's 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 antonio tarver and and mike tyson are part of this universe in some way and you can go all the way back to rocky one where uh joe frazier is a part of the universe in some way but it's not like Tony Bellew is. I wouldn't consider him at least in the U.S. Uh, I would say internationally he was probably on the same level and probably a bigger star to the U.K. than uh, Antonio Tarver was to the U.S. Actually, a much bigger star.
2: Well, afterwards, right? Certainly, right. when like as we talked about after this film, and you know when he went on to win the title, and that he certainly was. Um, i don't at at this stage you know he probably he was he was a bigish bigish star but not not probably not as as big as antonio, antonio tarver would have been at the at the time um yeah the, the other ones you mentioned like Andrew ward obviously is one of the all-time great fighters and i think that lended credibility and the, the thing you mentioned about showing the medals like that was that was a c- cool thing and also i think the three guys also all held up they're part of the deal pretty well. I think they all did well in terms of gabe Rosado. Like he's kind of you know, he's never been a champion. He's like a kind of a mid-level contender at middleweight. But I think probably the reason they wanted him in is that he's a Philadelphia guy, and they just want oh you know,
1: that's interesting. Like they I didn't wanted a Philo- Phil- local Philadelphia foot fighter in there. I-, I wondered if Stallone made a call and was like you think we could get Canelo in this thing? <laughs> when, I, when I saw what Rosado, just what he physically looked like, I was like, oh, I wonder if they if they tried to call Canelo. Canelo's a two, way too big of a, of a fighter by then, but I just thought that was kind of funny. All right, did you have any questions?
2: Okay, I, I had a couple. The first one is, you know, and you were kind of starting to ask me about it a little bit earlier, which is the, the decision to ride out Pauly. Like the first time you learn... That Paulie has passed away is, you know, when Rocky goes to the graveyard and you know le- leave some, leaves, some, le- leaves a leaves the drink there for him, and um, at his birthday, um, I think you know it probably for the narrative of this story, I think Paulie couldn't have been there. I think you know you kind of had to have Rocky on his own for the relationship for him and Bianca and donnie to kind of form. I think you know R- R- Rocky has to be out in his own a little bit. But I wanted to know what your thoughts were on that. You know about you know writing, uh, Paulie out like one of the
1: last last original characters left in the series. I th- I think Paulie has to be gone. If we're telling the isolation story of Rocky. Um, You know, Robert Robert goes to Vancouver. I don't think you could send Pauly away because obviously Pauly can't take care of himself. He's got to live with Rocky as they've shown in the last movie. And plus, you know, the movie is nine years later. So feasibly... It's realistic that he passed away in those nine years. I don't think, I, you know, maybe you could show him in the beginning and maybe he dies in the beginning of the movie, but I don't I don't think it's necessary. I think it is the right move to have him pass away during the time frame. But, you know, it is interesting. They don't really say. I, I Actually, I didn't see his gravestone to see how long it had been and how long Rocky had actually been by himself.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure if he actually see the date on that. That's an interesting one. That's one to look back on. Um, another one I was going to ask you. I have, I did I only had two other questions, and w- one of them is, you know, and we discussed this before, is w- w- in previous episode. You know, when Rocky says to Adonis that he lost the third fight, do you believe him? Is he being nice? Is it because he he what he thinks that's what Donny wants to hear? What do you th- think on that one?
1: When I first saw the movie, I thought, okay, he, he wants to tell this kid who lost his dad that just showed up into his life, yeah, you know, you're, you're, you're dead. But when he says, your dad was the perfect fighter, and the way that I beat him was because of time, I sort of think that, okay, you know, there, it is feasible... That Apollo, the 1982 version of Apollo, who's only been retired for three years, can win a sparring match against Rocky. Because, like, in both of those fights, now how long is the sparring match? Is it five rounds? Is it eight rounds? Whatever. But in both of those fights, does Rocky win out of the, you know, 29, 30 rounds, does Rocky win six? Like, you know, Apollo clearly dominates from a distance. And the reason why he loses that second fight is because he just has to knock him out to prove that the first time wasn't a fluke. So in a sparring match where it's actual boxing, where Apollo fights smart, he probably wins like every round, right? Like he he realistically could just stay away from Rocky and, you know, and, and, pepper him with the jab he's got the length he's got the speed even if he is a bit slower at that point i i, I think he could i think he definitely wins the sparring match
2: yeah like and i think what you you touched on there is it's pretty pretty good point as well is that like a big part of what we talked about in that second film is is apollo having the pressure of having to prove that like you know the first fight was a fluke and having. Having to show everybody, you know, having to sh- like feel like you have to show Rocky up when it's behind closed doors and there's no one there watching. He can just concentrate on winning the fight rather than, uh, you know, trying to impress people. Right, right. Um, the the last question I was gonna ask you, which is, again, something that we touched on earlier in the episode, which is kind of, uh, fighters. Following their their the father's legacy, and you know how that story is handled, how well you think they did of telling that story. That's like kind of so familiar with boxing, you know. You, you mentioned you mentioned earlier Marvis Fraser. You know you have other ones like you know you know Ronald Hearn's. Um, and more recently Chavez Junior, and now, like kind of now you have uh, Chris Eubank Junior and Connor Ben. You know all these guys who you know they have that big shadow over them and there's certain expectations on them. You know, and it's been a mixed bag as to how fighter sons have done. I just like, how did you feel they handled telling that, that dynamic? And do you think it kind of felt quite true to what, 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 what we see in the sport?
1: You know, it's funny that you brought this up because I was, um, our, our, our good friend, Robert Silva, He tweeted the other day, he said, you know, Shane Mosley Jr. He's like, how could Shane Mosley Jr. have the hunger of some of these other fighters? The kid grew up living in a mansion. And there is definitely something to that about how good someone is going to be when they don't have to go as deep as maybe that their their fathers did. And I, I find it so interesting in a sport like boxing that we have so many you know, so many sons of fathers who are great. Um, because of that fact that a lot of the fighters are as great as they are because they simply had to be. In other sports, so you know, in like baseball or something, like you could grow up rich, and it actually helps you in baseball because you have the equipment you get you get to play in all of these leagues that it costs a lot of money to to put you in similarly w- with basketball but with boxing like i don't imagine how you can w- what the drive is unless you are missing something so for adonis the drive for him was twofold which we've explained which is proving that he is not just getting by on his name but at the same time not disgracing the name and so with that uh w- with that reason i can buy him and and look he, he didn't he didn't though he did grow up in marianne's house he didn't have his father there either pushing him towards it or protecting him from it so it's it's, it's very organic for him to grow into the sport Okay, so let's quickly finish this up with pet peeves. I don't have many. Like No, neither do I. The, the, so the one that we already talked about was sort of like, you know, how could you sanction the fight? We've seen fights sanctioned before that maybe shouldn't have been sanctioned. This one is a, stretches it a little bit, but he does just beat... Uh, Leo, who is a who is a great prospect, up and coming prospect. So there is that there. I still don't think um, you could actually do it like they did, but that's part of this movie, and I think they went to as much lengths as they possibly could have to tell that story. What did you think about that part?
2: Um. Yeah. Like I think, like you, I, I can't say a hundred percent they would have got away with it, but even like I've seen a lot of not great fights g- 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 get sanctioned, you know, especially, you know, where there's money involved. You know, we've seen it a lot of times where it's like, you know, somebody has an extremely padded padded record go- go- going into a world title fight. They really don't have much business in there and they just get beaten like a drum. Um, but l- at least with Donnie, like you do have that, even if he's been fighting in obscurity, he has built up a record of what like you know, sixteen or seventeen wins or something like that. Or I think they say yeah. I think did they say he's seventeen and out, and he's eighteen with the, the the win out for Leo. And it, yeah, and I think like I think like in the scene with with like Tommy Holiday and um Ricky Collin when they're discussing the fight, like Ricky's kind of like oh, look, this guy's not a real fighter. He's never fought anyone type of thing. And, you know, to the credit, like Tommy kind of explains, look, he's got enough wins that we we can fe- feasibly, you know, have him as a, as a contender. To, mm-hmm. Like the people can buy him. Like where I think you have a hard deal selling it is that like you have to have, like he would have to be ranked. Yeah. And you're, I suppose the only way you can see him as... Getting that rank is if Leo, if you're to understand, Leo had you know maybe he was the number one contender or sure. you know something or, or like a top ten contender, and you know by winning that that fight that would that would give Donnie ranking.
1: Yeah, and they were showcasing Leo on the undercard, and and a lot of times when they do that, they want they they want eyeballs on on that guy for a reason. So yeah, that that I think you're right. Okay, the last one that I have is um, how quickly in a real boxing match, would the referee stop the fight in the in the 11th round when Adonis hits hits the mat? Like, probably right as his head hits the mat, the referees are right there going, like, waving it off.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think I'd agree, agree with you on that. Um, I lo- like, I don't have many gripes with this movie. Uh, like, I think, if, if like, there's a couple things that I've mentioned already. Is, one is, like, you know, the soundtrack. Like, as a soundtrack, I don't, Particularly like it's like I think it's weaker than the other songs. I think there's songs that aren't really fitting for the movie, but as it's used within the movie itself, I think it's very good. Uh, The other one, and I just think like this is the only only gap in the story I really see, which is where are steps and Marie?
1: Mm. Okay, Um, actually, you just made me think of another pet peeve, but go ahead, go ahead, yeah.
2: Like for me, it's just like. You know, because they do such a good job job of this. Like, you know, when he's t- he, as you said, when he t- when he shows Donny around his house, like, um, and he's like he mentions about Pauly, he talks to him through that, and he me- me- mentions that his son has moved away to Vancouver, and he- they never really hear anything about steps. So, I think like somewhere in this, and you know, it makes sense that they had to have like, as if he had steps and Marie as his friends. Yeah maybe he would never ended up meeting Donnie. Like, so I think you do have to move them on. Yeah. But like, I think it just aligns somewhere to say maybe Steps, you know, went to college and got a job and, you know, or got a job somewhere else and moved out, and maybe his mom came with him, or what? You know, any some kind of like just reasoning as to where, where that why why they're absent from this movie.
1: Yeah, I want I wonder if that story is out there, if it's been explained. I I want to I want to kind of dig for that one if if it is. So the the one okay, this is the thing that we've actually talked about this in a previous episode, which is the scene that's missing for me because they they tie up the loose ends with Robert being gone with. The photo and and stallone has to explain that he's in vancouver i would have just loved adonis passing by a photograph of his brother and sister who we see in the second film we understand that uh, marianne and apollo have two kids because of the second film and so i would have just loved to see a photograph of the two kids in the house. They're, they're much older, right? So by, by 1979, they look to be about like seven or eight years old. So they're probably in their, uh, by the time this movie comes out, they're in their mid-40s. So they're not going to be living with with uh, Marianne. But I just, there's just no mention of them. And they tied up every other loose end that I could think of. And the one that you explained is a good one too. But I just would have liked, liked one short two second segment of a scene where Adonis sees a photograph of them as children, just to sort of explain that they exist and we didn't forget about them.
2: Or yeah, just like a family photograph of the three, three kids and the mom. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Or like even just when they're showing that, that piece at the start where where you're seeing Adonis's backstory, maybe just a clip of uh, Marianne bringing him home and, the kids, be, the other two
1: kids being there. Yeah. And, and his, his brother and sister. Are. And I think we mentioned in a previous episode that they would have been step siblings, but they're actually half. And uh, the person also, another shout out to the great Robert Silva. He, he reminded me of that part. So I wanted to correct that. They, they would be half siblings, not step siblings. Okay, so now the last part of this is the MVP of the film. And I'll let you go first on this one.
2: Okay, for me, the success or failure of this film depended on making the dynamic between Donnie and Rocky work. Um, And I feel like if I have a one... It's Donny, and as a one A, it's 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 Rocky. Um, you know, we've seen that you can play off history in a, a franchise like this, and if it's faithful to the original, people will enjoy it. Um, where it becomes more difficult is when you have to stand on your own two feet and create a new path. Mm-hmm. And like the perfect example of this, I would use is. recent star wars films you know the first one the force of awakens was very very true to the original story it like it leaned very heavily on the original story Mm -hmm. and the characters that were established in the original trilogy and people by and large really really enjoyed that movie now when you get to film two and three like the last jedi and rise of, 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 of skywalker those movies are a lot more divisive. And that's when they had to the, kind of break new ground and yeah. establish a new story. And I kind of feel like you had that same situation with Rocky Balboa and these two movies. Rocky Balboa was kind of the one that leaned very heavily on the past. It, it was kind of telling you all about the the history of Rocky and giving you one more one more taste of what, 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 what a Rocky film is like. This one, you had to establish like a new story and carry on that legacy and that like you know to me that's what I picked Donnie as the one, as the as the one and you know Rocky as the one a because this film is all about being able to pay tribute to that legacy but also you know making it relevant and you know so they can c- continue to build on it and you know if you don't buy into in, in, into the Creed the Adonis Creed character none of that works and you know I think it I think like as I to make the comparison again, like I think the fan, the Rocky fandom are much, much more positive on Creed and Creed Two than the Star Wars fandom are on, the, are on Episode Eight and Nine, for example.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and, I would agree
2: and with like that. I, and I, like I, and you know, I, it, I also don't feel like this feels like I don't feel like this feels dated. I don't feel like it feels like a movie that's like targeting people in their 30s and 40s. I don't mm-hmm. think it's like, a, it, feel, it doesn't feel like a film that's for mums and dads. It feels like something that's very current as well. That like things like people your kids' age would also enjoy, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's not, not, not just the original fans. And, you know, I think that's all to do with how good a job Michael B. Jordan does as the Rocky character or as the Adonis Creed character and, you know, his connection to the Rocky universe.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, we're only we're talking about characters here. Uh if we weren't, then I think Kugler would be the the MVP, but he is he's the director. We're more talking about who makes this film, the character that makes this film. I, I think um you know, you have you have Stallone as 1A and and um uh Jordan as as one. I would probably flip them, but it's like, you know, the one thing that I found interesting is Stallone, based off of this performance, got so much critical acclaim. And I wondered why Michael B. Jordan didn't get as much critical acclaim. Uh, I thought he was just as good as Stallone was. And I just think, you know, it, it was probably like, people. I think this is a version of Stallone that people have been waiting for to see. You know, we saw the action, the action hero. But even in the marketing of the original Rocky, the marketing... Was that Stallone was going to be the next great actor, and so you got to see some of that in this movie, which was excellent. Like he, like I feel like the the people watching this thought, you know, this is the Stallone that we've wanted to see, and he pulled a performance out of himself that we didn't know if we would ever see again. And there's there's something to that. So I, I would definitely put Stallone one, um, and maybe uh, Michael B. Jordan as one a. But I thought he was excellent as well, and you know I don't want to shade uh, Tessa Thompson in any way because I think she created this character, which could have entirely entirely been an Adrian-like character where eh, you don't really miss her. You know, I I think Talia Shire's actual acting uh, prowess probably they did not get enough out of Talia after that first film. She just became part of part of these the series. But I think Tessa Thompson made sure that she was going to do a role that allowed her to create a character that was not just some throwaway character. So she definitely is third for me. But I, I wanted to shout her out as well to make sure that we we did talk about her. But yeah, yeah, I've still owned one. I've I've Michael B. Jordan too. So, but we're we're really we're on the same page with this one. Okay, so um, that is it for for Creed. We only have one more movie left, which is Creed Two, which we will talk about next time, and then we will do our epilogue. And in our epilogue is going to be a little bit of a discussion about a documentary that was recently released called uh, 40 Years of Rocky, or th- there's a couple different websites based on where you live ge- geographically. We're, we're gonna talk about that too in, in the epilogue. But yeah, so we're almost done here doing, and we have two more left in our summer series. Uh, so for doing, I am a double G. Thanks for hanging out with us, and uh, we'll be back with Rocky or sorry Creed Two. All right, thanks for listening to the Rocky podcast. Our episode on Creed, bridging the gap. But before we go, we have to talk about our friends at Bet Online. As I do this ad in the background on the TV in the office the NBA playoffs are going on obviously major league baseball is going on the UFC's been back WWE is is still ongoing so there's tons of stuff to bet on at bet online check out all the odds futures and props All available 24-7. And with the return of sports, BetOnline sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Ory. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit BetOnline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts.